Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? I'm so jacked up just thinking about this match and I'm standing and pacing in my bed. Mikazi now, he's not okay, so, so Mikazi, he's not a kid anymore. He's, he's a boy, he's a later. man. Yeah. He's, he's, he's man, man Mikazi. Are you ready to He got PWS Superstar Brian Buck. <laughs> and he was gone in two minutes. So, in go Bernalis. In Bernalis. In go Bernalis. You're missing a B there, but that's There's a B? This is what I'm talking about. These letters don't go together. Oh, you're having a wank, are you? And it's like, no! Mary, 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 Listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. Give me a name. Like who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. All right, welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Crage alongside, as always, internationally acclaimed broadcast journalist Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you doing? I'm good, but there's um, there's something I want to address very quickly. Uh-oh. If you can, if you can give me the floor for a couple moments, it's it's something that I think I, I always well, <laughs> do. You have to ask. I, isn't that well, okay? Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, well, you know, it's just it's just something I. So don't I, you want me out of here? You want me to just leave you alone? I think it's something important that needs to be addressed. But I want to get it out of the way quickly. But at the same time, I want to do it at the top of the show where I know anybody who listens will hear it because I don't know how many people listen to the whole show. I mean, it's, you know, probably you know, most people that download are going to listen to at least the, the first half hour or so. So I, I, I just I think it's important. I think it needs to be addressed, but I don't want to uh, belabor it. And I, I know that this is not something that you probably want to talk about super in depth, but. I feel like I just need to give my take on it because it's something important. Um, 
as you know, Rich, and as the listeners probably know, um, this is hard for me. This is a heavy topic. This podcast is probably um, the preeminent wrestling podcast when it comes to discussing wrestlers' boners. And I have to tell you, there's some shameful boner shaming going on in the world of wrestling right now. I did see that. Yeah, I saw that was a big news. That's that's what I had on our uh, our sheet as the top story we we're going to talk about. And, so. and please, please, Rich, let me address this because it's yeah. it's this you know it's near and dear to your heart. This, yeah. this John yeah. Hennigan is is really you know th- this boner shaming. It's not right. Um, I believe that uh, we all need a safe space to discuss the topic of of boner shaming and boner shame. Um, and, 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 and it really set off a lot of trigger warnings with me when Melina accidentally sent those tweets and accidentally and, <laughs> as Melina is wont to do is very accidental. Yes. And, we should clarify and, and all hundred percent accidental on her pair. And these yeah. people boner shaming Hennigan, you know, as you know, known as uh, Johnny Mundo now as part of Lucha Underground and they're, John, they're, Johnny Nitro. I, I always call him Johnny Nitro still. They're, so. they're boner shaming this man, and I, I, I just don't think it's right. And I think that, uh, you know, the, all the microaggressions uh, that we're there seeing. You go. That's, and, okay. um, you know, I think <laughs> my bingo, I, my bingo card is filling up. So keep going. I mean, this is going I, I mean, I, I, I'm taking this very seriously. I mean, you're making light of this matter, but boner shaming is very real, and uh, you know, it's 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 very problematic. And and I don't and I feel like uh, it has to stop. I mean the. Um, the man has a medical condition, and 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 he he was brave enough today on international men's uh, on international men's day. Ironically enough, he was brave enough to uh, to stand up uh, for himself and, and seek help for this issue. And uh, I I'm, I'm tired of the boner shaming that's going on with John Hennigan. I think people uh, really need to to lay off the man. And uh, and 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 this is a serious issue, and it should be treated as such. And uh, and 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 I'm just I'm I'm tired of the shaming that that, that that's going on on Twitter. I I I don't like it one bit. And and uh, you know, as for Molina, um, you know, she quote unquote accidentally sent out them. You know, and you know, I don't, I don't think that was right for her to do either. So how apropos that on that International Men's Day that uh, that that this would happen. Um, on the eve of that, and as we record this on International yeah. Men's Day. And we're recording the next day. Yeah, that's perfect and, for us. Cause... And I would just like to say that boner shaming needs to stop. And I and I, I am brave enough, Rich. I am brave enough, and I am comfortable enough with my masculinity to say that uh, when my boner ceases to work, I will proudly walk into that pharmacy, stride to the counter, and purchase those boner pills. With, yeah, why not? With no shame. Because, you know, if, if, if we all – if we're all brave enough to accept that this is going to happen at some point in our lives, okay, and, 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 and we're all brave enough to make that walk into the pharmacy to purchase those pills, then we can put boner shaming away forever. And How old are you planning on being when you're doing this? Rich, it doesn't matter. You know, okay. as, as, as soon as I find myself – uh, with a woman and, and, you know, if my peen is not operating the way that I want it to operate, uh, you can bet that with no shame whatsoever, I, I will stand proudly in line at the pharmacy, uh, to acquire these pills. I, I will make my doctor's appointment with no shame so he could examine uh, why my boner isn't functioning. It yeah. Why, why your testosterone for some reason correct? at age 60 is less than it was when you were 21. We'll try to, we'll try to get to the bottom of this issue and see what's going on here. But well, Rich, you know, 
I have to take you to task, honestly. I mean, you, you know, it's not just men that are 60 years old, you know? Yeah, this, I know, I know. I'm this, aware of this. You're boner shaming now. You're, you're, I'm not. I'm just, I asked you how old you were going to be because you said no, when the time comes. I'm like, so, no, no, listen, this, this should be a safe space, okay? And you're boner <laughs> shaming right now. For, is that the first time you said safe space or not? Th- no, it no, it is not. And it's oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say because I I have my bingo card right now, but I, I wasn't sure if that one. You're belittling this issue. This is this is this is my safe space. You 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 can't oppose me here. This is my <laughs> safe space. Okay, it's not just sixty year old men. John Hennigan is a young, otherwise healthy man. I never said that was just sixty year old men. He's though. probably about thirty four, thirty five years old. Okay. okay. And you've made these accusations towards other uh, healthy trial men. <laughs> like, like, I will give you examples. You're a boner shamer. Junakiyama, you boner shamed. Did you not? I did not. No, I did not. What did I say? You accused him of not being able to pop a boner. I can run the tape. Don't make me run the tape. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same thing. You're a boner okay. shamer. I really think, Rich, on International Men's Day, you really need to take the time to reflect and critique yourself. <laughs> Boom, bingo. I got so it. You can, so you can understand. Critique yourself. I got it. All right. You cool. really do. I really think you do. So you can understand okay. uh, your inner mechanisms and, and, and you what if it's What if it's a problem that I deal with, but I have to outwardly, you know what I mean? Like, because I'm so, because I've been shamed so much in my life That's as a result of this issue that I let it out like that and I make fun of others to make myself feel now better. Now we're getting somewhere. That's what International yeah. Men's Day is all about. It's about confronting uh these we'll call the nurse we'll call she's at work right now so maybe we can get her on speakerphone and she can uh... probably tell me a lot of things about your boner exactly right and 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 you might be outed here but i I, whether you have boner issues or not you're you are a prime example of a boner shamer and it's it's it has to stop boner this is officially the worst part the worst intro to our show we've ever had we have to it's got to stop rich and we can we can start right now (laughs) start the revolution yes because like i said we are the leaders in boner talk uh, on wrestling, uh, for better or for worse, we are. Yes. I mean, we we discussed wrestling boners just last week. As a matter, uh, and the week before that too, we we're on a, a, a interesting pace right now. Yeah. But yeah, so I just wanted to address that issue. I think it's a serious issue, and I think it's one that that needs to be corrected. And John Hennigan, John, if you're listening, okay, uh, I don't know if you're a voice of the wrestling fan, but you have nothing to be ashamed of. And I know Cialis is your is your boner pill of choice. Is that okay? Because I don't know if I saw the screenshot. It was yeah, it was that, a Cialis, okay. it was Cialis, which is fine. Okay, I don't. It doesn't matter if it's the Viagra, the Cialis, whatever you need. Okay, it, it it's it's nothing to be ashamed of. You go out there, you get that boner any way you can. You got my support. I don't know about Kratos over here. <laughs> it the problem is you have to. You guys have to understand. You have to understand something about Kratos. He was raised as a straight white CIS male. So he has issues and he What's CIS? I never know what that. Listen, you you need see you need to educate yourself, my friend. You you this is why you boner shame. Because I'm a yeah, I'm a middle class white man. You need to so check I've had everything handed to me. The problem with you, Rich, no. is you need to check your boner privilege. That's the problem. <laughs> That's right. Until, I don't think I have any boner. Until you ch- I assure you I have no boner until privilege. Until you check your boner privilege, this is always yeah. going to be a problem for you because it's you guys that have no boner problems that don't check your – I've checked my boner privilege a long time ago, okay? So you need to do the same. Well, Joe, I, at the same breath, like I said, don't – you know, maybe I'm – maybe I do have issues. And again, you doing this, you know, I, 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 you're, not, you're not really comforting me though either. 
you know, I'm letting out my aggression, but maybe you should see that as a telltale sign that something is wrong with me. I feel like you're coming around. And listen, if you need help. And that you should maybe be talking to me and saying, hey, and asking me questions of why, why are you so aggressive towards that? What, you know, then, you know, maybe we can get somewhere. The key thing here, Rich, is if you have problems, it's okay to confront them. And you need to, to make sure that you, you feel you okay confronting them. You don't know me. No. So maybe we are getting the root of something here. Maybe the nurse <laughs> will accidentally, you know, tweet out a picture of your Viagra prescription or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. And you know what? That's okay. You can be proud of that. I will. All right, are we done now? Is that? I, listen, I said what I had to say. I don't want to see okay. any more boner shaming. It's, you're going to get okay. in. Listen, uh, how many people? How many people do we have blocked on? <laughs> so much to talk how, how many, about. How many people do we have blocked on Twitter? Uh, maybe one. I think the answer. And that's only because they steal all of our articles. So that's why I blocked. How many people do we have muted on Twitter? I think the answer. Uh, is, there's a, there's a few. Oh, it's but... just one, isn't it? Because I unmuted uh, that one like... guy, and I think it's just. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Fetman. What? Uh, Tony. Oh, did we mute him? I don't he think muted I muted him, him ages ago because remember, oh. I think he's the only guy we have muted, and I think we have. There's also some people that like like everything that we post, which is fine. But I, I oh, the chronic that. likers. Yeah, they. Yeah, I do have to mute you guys just because you're cool. I like you. Like if if they're the ones that do that but don't like listen to, or I know that they don't like interact with us. They just kind of like everything. Yeah. And it's like, I got a whole timeline, man. I can't like, you can't be dirtying it up. Cause like I'll go to read a post and there's like 45 of them. We get too many mentions. We can't even, you know, we get a lot of mentions and we can't be clogged up because then we don't see things. So you, you get muted too, but. So the point, the point I'm making here is Mm -hmm. we hardly ever block or mute anybody. I mean, we don't abuse those buttons at all. I mean, there's very few people that we block or mute, but I'm telling you right now, anyone who boner shames on my timeline, they're getting the block and the, they're getting the double, they're getting the block and the mute. And, and then you're going to subtweet them. And then I'm going <laughs> to subtweet that they got the block and the mute because you're not coming into my safe space with your boner shaming. I just wanted to make that clear. So, well, this is a great time to mention our affiliates, I think, right? Is this a good seamless transition into some stuff that we have going on? Get into the plugs. Yeah, let's get some plugs here. So a few different things we have going on. Of course, you know about our Amazon um, affiliate, so voiceofwrestling.com slash Amazon. We obviously will not have a show probably next week, given that it's Thanksgiving. I don't know. Are you busy on that day, or do you want to get in and record for three hours on Thanksgiving Day? You know, let's discuss this on the air, as we are apt to do, because we haven't uh, let's not Let's not record on Thanksgiving um, well, Day. <laughs> will there be a, some kind of show next week, though? Uh, uh, I guess we're going to figure that out. I uh, I don't have the day Friday off. Um, yeah, we'll have to maybe, maybe we have to record earlier in the week or something. I don't know. I got a bunch uh, of days off next week. So maybe okay. I listen. I'm closing the restaurant up. No one's gonna be there anyway. So you know. Yeah, I'm in the retail side. I mean, not not directly in the retail side, but in kind of the back end of the retail and social media and stuff. So I, I'm this is my busy time. Like it, it gets way busy, especially on Friday. Friday's like my busiest day of the year. So yeah. Re- restaurant in College Town. Nobody's here. They all go home. No, God. Oh yeah, you're College Town. Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, anybody. So we'll figure it out. Maybe maybe Joe goes solo. You bring somebody on, we'll figure it out. But anyway, of course we have that. So if, if we don't do a show by then, you know, of course, no voicewrestling.com slash Amazon. Any Black Friday purchase you make, any Christmas purchase, any holiday purchase. I don't want to – Kwanzaa, uh, uh, Hanukkahs right around the corner as well. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some, so you can get mad at me there. Um, of course, if you do it on, on that site, it's the same Amazon deals you always get. But we get a little bit back as well. It helps us support our site. It helps us do all that good stuff. So definitely a good idea for that. Uh, also, voicewrestling.com slash WWE shop. They have a ton of good uh, Black Friday deals coming up. So definitely check them out uh, for anything WWE related. Voicewrestling.com slash WWE shop. Again, uh, we have coupon codes and you can follow us at Voices Wrestling when we do talk about any of that sort of stuff. Then you can get extra deals and that sort of stuff. Uh, and then last but not least, we also have a deal with Fathead now. You know Fathead's Joe, right? How many of them do you have on your wall? 
Oh, I got you fat Joey, hands. You have, a Joe, you have a Joey Votto, I'm sure, that right over your bed. Like when you sleep, it's it's above you on the ceiling, so you can. I got I got fat heads all over the house. I <laughs> I, I got I got Joey Votto. I got uh, I got Barry Larkin. I got listen. I peeled the Nick Foles fat head off of my. <laughs> that one had to go. Okay, and I, <laughs> so but but I got wait. Is he the Rams? He was the Rams quarterback this year. I, I don't follow the NFL anymore, so I have no. He was. Clue. They traded Sam Bradford Oof. for Nick Foles. And, uh, How's that going on? That, How's that working out for you guys? That didn't work out for anybody, but no. but that's nice. oh yes, is Bradford's terrible too? Bradford's terrible, yeah. Now oh, now okay. he's hurt. Should, I know you're shocked, but Sam Bradford is hurt, Rich. Wait, he's hurt and was bad before that. He was really bad before that, and now he's hurt. Nick Foles was just playing bad. Um, I'm stuck. But I tell you, <laughs> at least the Rams got a second round. Got a second round pick out of it because if, if Bradford took a certain amount of snaps, certain number of snaps, the Eagles had to kick in a, a second round pick. So, uh, you know, so and they're going to cut foals, obviously, in the offseason and uh, to avoid paying him a six million dollar bonus. So it was a failure all around for everybody involved other than that second round pick. So anyway, the Nick Foles fathead came off the wall. But, Rich, if someone would like to purchase. A Nick Foles fathead, how can they do that? They can do it. VoiceWrestling.com slash fathead. And we also have a little bit of a deal going on this week only. It's 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 through uh, through the the early part of next week. But um, you can get 25% off of an order uh, over $120. So if you want to stack up on fatheads, get it for all the family, get it for everybody, I can use code 25120. So that's 25120 to get 25% off any order, $120 or more. So you can just get everybody's gifts in one moment from fathead and then you're done. Then your Christmas shopping is over. Do it right now. Like right, like literally just right now. You can do it. I think they have, they have WWE fat heads too, which is pretty cool. Tell you what, Rich, I've got my pen in my hand. What is that code again? <laughs> the code, Mr. Lanza, is 25120. 25120, you say? Yes. Okay, so it's 25120. Yep. So it's nice and easy to remember. Then you remember you're getting 25% off if you spend 120 or more. So it's it's all right there. VoiceWrestling.com slash Fathead if you want to do that. So good stuff there. But truthfully, I, I think Fatheads are pretty sweet. If I had any kids that I cared about in my life, I would probably buy it for them, but I don't. So in my day, I really wish Fatheads were on because I had the terrible – I'm sure you did too, like the, the posters from magazines or whatever, and those look like crap. They were like crunched up and like I had to like tape them to the wall and say it's no good, right? Yeah, I wasn't a big poster guy. I got to be honest. I didn't, I didn't have a ton of posters on the wall, but uh... – you know, did you have all your favorite? Uh, uh, did you have uh, other than athletes? Did you have like Tiger Beat posters on your wall as a kid too? Uh, no, I, I, it was mostly athletes. It was mostly basketball players, like Sean Kemp. I think I had, and then like a bunch of other dudes like that. Yeah, like it was it was all NBA guys, and then I think Frank Thomas as well. I had like five Frank Thomas ones. Sean too. Kemp. I'm sure he was throwing down on a white guy. Oh God, yeah, or or uh, the Alton Lister dunk. I'm sure it was the other <laughs> yeah. one, the one where he, he dunked and then pointed at him. So. Either Alton or or it was like Sean Bradley. Or uh, Juve Blob, somebody like that. <laughs> right. Juve Blob, great NBA name, by the way. Oh, God, yeah. Not, not as good as Swen Natter, but close. That's, that's an excellent one as well. <laughs> My dogs are looking at each other like they're going to kill each other. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on here. There's a stare It's a It's an it's a Okada Tenru-esque stare-down going on right now. I don't know why. There you go. We got teeth showing. I don't know. What, what, what are we going nuts about, guys? We're going to have a dog this, fight. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Like, I legitimately don't know what started this. On-air dogfight. I'm trying to trying to monitor what happens here. Okay, one has left the room. I think we're okay. All right. I think we're good for now. So okay. The, the, chick, the, the chicken shit heel took off. 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he, oh, he is. Uh, the the dachshund Hans. So, so Hans antagonized. Hans, yeah, he, he's a he's a German sympathizer as well. Yeah. Ah, I see. Okay, he's doing the von er- <laughs> the old von Erich gimmick. Yeah, and then you got Louis, who's the uh, like the you know the Italian guy from the neighborhood. Oh, the ethnic baby face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so Louis, Louis the ethnic baby face, and Hans the he's from Scotland. The but Nazi let's ignore that. And, he, uh, yeah, exactly. He, he 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 taunted him, and then he did the chicken shit uh, heel yeah. move, and he took off and left the room. I enjoy yeah, that. Louis, you know, sitting right next to me, I'm petting him, and then Hans is pissed, and you know he's. We good. Everyone's good? Okay, we got smiles again. Okay, I think we're all right. I don't know what the teeth were out for, but we're okay. All right. Are you ready to actually talk about something relevant here? I am. Um, let me ask you a question. Um, you know, this is this is uh, timely to before we came on the air. Is, is three and a half stars unfair for that Roman Reigns-Cesaro match on Raw? Oh, not at all. That's what I gave it. And I'm a low grader, though, uh, so people. But, yeah, no, I, I thought that was fine. I mean, that's – most TV matches, you really have to just, like, absolutely floor me. You, you know what I mean? Like – like I, I can't recall like the last like true like WWE Raw or TV match that I, I got invested in so much where I would go you know four and a half or something like that. Like I honestly think the last one, and I'm sure I'm missing some. And I'm sure there was like probably a Shield um, Wyatt's one. I think that one was really good. I was at that uh, Chicago Raw. They had a really good one that I remember. But it was like that CM Punk uh, John Cena one that they had. It was like in February, uh, right before uh, Cena would do uh, would face the Rock or something. Like, I remember that one just being like a spectacular one. And that one went like three segments. It was super long or whatever. But yeah, for the most part, like yeah, three and a half is a very good Raw match to me. I mean, that's, that's so what that's solid. I you know obviously I'm not home for Raw. I don't watch it live. I watch it usually on Tuesdays. Today I watched it a couple days. I watched it right before we recorded, and I just watched that match. And I I took a beating from half of Twitter, but then the other half of the people kind of agreed with me. But maybe it was just I, I mean. Th- what the fuck? Did people think this was a five-star match or something? What's wrong with three and a half stars? Uh, I, I saw some four and a halves being thrown out and stuff. And that, and that yeah, and when I watched it, I was kind of surprised as well because I watched it after uh, as well. I was sort of watching people talk about it. And then, you know, of course, I went back and, and, and rewatched Raw uh, this week because it was it was very obviously very newsworthy. I watched a little bit of stuff, and there's stuff we're, of course, going to talk about here in a little bit. But so I went back and said, okay, you know, I guess I got to really, really watch this Raw because I saw, I saw the Owens-Neville match live, and I, I really liked that one. I thought I... I actually preferred that one over I the I fast-forwarded the, the through that. You, that was better than the uh... – I enjoyed it. I mean, I, it was a 10-minute, like, raw match or whatever. So it, it is what it is. But I, I liked it a little bit better. But that's not anything against, you know, Rain Cesar. I thought it was a, a fairly solid match. But it wasn't like, oh, my God, you know, let me update my, you know, match of the year list. It was, it was a fine TV match. You know, a nice little multi-segment TV match. But I, I don't know if I'd go any farther than that. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was kind of lost when, when I saw as much praise because I, I think praise for it is fine. I'm saying that was a really good TV match, but I saw a lot of stuff that was kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. Like uh, there's just been a lot of other things, especially this year of all years to kind of throw out a four and a half or something like that for that match. Is, it, it seems a little high, but that's maybe me. it was the wording of the tweet. Let me let me look at the tweet again. You were a little aggra- well. People have this phobia with you, or I don't know if phobia is the right word, but that anything that anything anti, you know, you know, if there's not a Roman Reigns match you like, it's because you have a bias towards Roman Reigns. Where I think a lot of that is you. Like I'm, I'm a little bit less so about it. Like he's kind of hit or miss for me. There's sometimes where I like him. There's sometimes where I don't or whatever. People tend to lay lay off me if I don't really like a Rome's, Roman Reigns match. But for you, it's like. You don't like it, so they immediately go to, oh, you're anti-Roman Reigns, and then they would also throw but a jab about the thing. I liked like, it. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. What That's, do I have well, to you do? don't like it enough. Joe. What do I have you don't to like do? It do I have to bow at the altar of this fucking guy like everybody else? I like the match. What do you want from me? I tell you what I think. It was a nice little match. I gave it three and a half stars. That's what you gave yeah. it. Yeah, and that, that's what I always tell people. It, you can't really get mad. Like, what do you want us to – you want us to lie to you? Okay. You like, do what, and I don't know what – about this podcast and go, man, that was awesome. What do you think, Joe? Yeah. That's the chair shot radio when we do that is when we just start 
it's fucking making ourselves say things that we don't believe in. Like that's it's never been what we do. And I mean, and, and it's like I was starting to say, I I had no idea what the consensus was on this match coming in. Yeah, people love. I it. wasn't on Twitter Monday. I don't know. I was at work. What do you want from me? I watch Raw the next day. I, in this case, three days later. I didn't know people love this match. Okay, so you like the match. Sometimes people like a match. And they go, I like the match. I just didn't think of. All right, let me read what I said. Okay. Let's see. Okay, here's what the tweet says. I was about to bury the Roman Cesaro match before the closing sequence. Kind of dull before then. Should have been a one-segment match. How does that come off to you? Uh, yeah. But, okay. Now. You, did, you did put the caveat that the closing stretch helped you out a lot. Now, okay. So I think that is important. Because I think that's really the part that a lot of people, I mean, I'm, I, were people really into, like, the, I, I don't know. I, I would assume that the closing stretch was a big part of everybody. I don't know if, like. Okay. This was a match I don't know if like eight minutes in you were like, whoa, here we go. Here's, like, here's, here was my yeah. point. It was a two segment match. It, nothing that happened before a commercial mattered or, or was particularly exciting. I just felt like it could have been a one segment. I don't think it needed to be the match that went as long as it did that that had the commercial break. I, I don't know. But anyway, I was fine with that. I was fine with it being a, a multi segment. So but. then people, of course, the burials came. But here's what's interesting, too. I'm going to read you some, you know, uh, some other stuff. Uh, Dylan J STX says people were overly high in the match. Real good stuff, I thought, but nothing more than that, especially after the rewatch. Uh, we have our raw reviewer, Sean Flynn. He had uh, similar comments. Uh, let's see. I wasn't blown away by it. It was by no means bad, but not even the best match on the show, which I can't comment on because it's the only match I watched on the show. I watched that match, and then I watched the Charlotte segment. I'm going to watch the rest later. Sean gets Sean gets anti-Roman Reigns uh, flack a lot too, so on the okay, comments. Well, here's the thing. So it's like <laughs> if you don't – I mean there's clearly other people who – didn't think the match was fantastic. You can't just like a Roman Reigns match. That's not okay. What? what I mean, come on. I, I, you know, I don't get it. People like different things. I don't know. God doesn't connect with me like I up here. But I liked the match. I'm sitting here defending myself like I didn't like it. But I liked the match. I gave it three and a half stars. All I said was I thought it was a little too long. That's all. Three and a half stars. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, it, you know. I guess it's just you know some of these people. I, it's just I don't get it. Yeah, that's but, it is what it is. Well, we'll stick with Raw uh, here a little bit, and and of course, I I think you said that was the only match you saw, but I'm assuming you saw this segment that has been the talk of the the wrestling world over the past few days. Or there's a better, you know, maybe not today. There's a bunch of stuff today that maybe overshadowed it, but which we'll get to as well. The uh, the TV changes, but um, I think we have to talk about it a little bit. I I don't have any like a ton of like super strong thoughts about it. And I'm sure there are plenty of other places. Like I know Dave Meltzer on this morning's. Uh, Wrestling Observer Radio was super, super passionate about it. But uh, the Paige Charlotte angle uh, to that close raw, uh, getting, obviously getting a lot of flack for the, the Reed Flair line um, of Paige uh, mentioning, you know, Reed Flair was you know, clearly not strong enough, um, you know, using his death as a way to get the angle over. Uh, Joe, we, we haven't talked about this, so I actually do not know your thoughts on this. Where, where do you stand with this? I mean, we last week. Uh, we talked about using, you know, distasteful stuff in wrestling angles and, you know, how it can be beneficial if you use it properly and, and do the right stuff or whatever. Uh, so it was actually kind of um, – it kind of fit when this week, you know, it sort of happened and people said, hey, you guys talked about this a little bit last week. And it was it was kind of true. We, we did a little bit. But uh, w- what were your thoughts with this particular one of using Reed Flair? Uh, the, the news, of course, that Ric Flair had no idea. Uh, his his former wife, uh, Beth Flair, had no idea either. So a lot of people were caught by surprise. I know WWE released a statement uh, today that basically said that, you know, Ashley, 
Charlotte said she wanted to keep it in there, even though they said to take it out, which was very bizarre. But but at, from at least we can tell she didn't seem all that comfortable when it happened. Rick didn't know about it. Beth didn't know about it. And the line happened. And, and there's been just a lot of talk about it. What 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 were your thoughts about this? Did, were you, you blown away or shocked or stunned or, or what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I just watched it. So I saw all of the reactions and the criticisms before I watched it. Most people saw it and then reacted to it. So keep that in mind. But um, she was clearly uncomfortable from the second she came out from behind the curtain. So whether it was her idea or not, and I don't really care enough to know. I I don't know. I'm not all wrapped up in that. But whether Mm -hmm. it was her idea or not, it was clear she wasn't comfortable and she was very nervous about delivering because she was nervous the second she, as soon as she was coming down the ramp. Oh, she was and shaking. She like, was, like you can see her visibly shaking as well. Like she's holding the microphone. She was almost in tears before yeah. th- that, that part of the promo even came up. So she was very uncomfortable. Um, if, if, if it was her idea, maybe somebody back there should have said, you know what? Someone maybe should have put their foot down and said, maybe this is not going too far. But at the same time, my thought on using, you know, real life deaths as angles, the, the Eddie Guerrero stuff really made me sick in real time. Mm-hmm. But then I came around on it because everything I read, whether it was Vicky, whether it, the Eddie Guerrero stuff and then turning Vicky Guerrero heel, that really bothered me. But then when you read like, you know, comments from Vicky, comments from his brothers, the entire family was OK with it. And then. My opinion on it at that point became, well, fuck it. If his own family's all right with it, who am I to say that it's de- right? Yeah, exactly. Tasteful and it's wrong because I, you know, so so then I and they talked about that today. Uh, Court Bauer talked about it. he was on the Bauer and Pollock show, uh, which is on, on FightNetwork.com, and said that you know when they did that angle, that's why he was so shocked at a lot of the stuff that came up with this one because he said, man, when we did that A stuff, we called like literally every member of the Guerrero family we could even think of, like Chavo Classic, we called like Chavo Guerrero, Hector, Guerrero. like he said that they went, they did. And asked every single one of those guys, hey, are you okay with this? And that's why he was so stunned that that the word has come out, or, or at least we can assume, uh, you know, by Ric Flair's word, that he had no idea that this thing was going to happen. That, that's that's what was puzzling to a lot of people. Yeah, you can dig up old media interviews from from Eddie's brothers and and from his family where they're they're just they're all okay with it. They were all okay with it. So at that point, I didn't. They don't care. I don't care. That's fine. The Paul Bearer stuff. Um, with with CM Punk and Paul Heyman and all that. Again, Paul Bear's sons were okay with that, and his own family said, "Look, he'd probably be thrilled that they were using him as part of an angle, even after he was dead, to help build a match." So again, I don't have a problem with that. I think where they went wrong here, you just nailed it on the head. Court Bauer says they contacted the whole Guerrero family before they went down that road with Guerrero. And according to Reed Flair's family, nobody was contacted. They didn't know it was coming, and they were all blindsided by it. So from that perspective, I can't stand behind the company, even if Charlotte okayed it or came right. up with the idea or whatever. Um, you know, it probably would have been a guy. You know, she can't give her father a call. I mean, you know, it, it's it's or, or, or the kid's mother a call before she says, hey, look, and say, look, I got this idea for an angle, she might have been able to talk Rick into it. You know what I mean? It, it's but you know, it, company didn't contact anybody. Charlotte didn't contact anybody. That's kind of where it gets a little dicey. So this one's a little different than, but those other ones from that perspective. 
Yeah, that, that's exactly where I'm at with this as well. Because we talked about this a little bit last week, and I know there was a good discussion going on on our forums as well. Because uh, Brandon Howard, who's a writer for our website, was sort of disagreeing with a lot that we talked about last week of in terms of like you know using you, you know in some ways using sexism. I think we talked we were talking about Randy Savage and using that sort of weirdness of, of of him and Elizabeth to sort of put him over as a heel and and plenty of other stuff too. I mean, there's so many examples in wrestling history where that's sort of happened. And and I thought he brought up a good point. And I thought it was so telling with with what happened on Monday or whatever. Because I'm right with you. I think that if the family isn't okay with it or if, if all parties involved or at least some you know little sections or arms of the party weren't it, it, didn't know about it then at least there's some you kind of have to think about it you know and and maybe not do it like i i, I i'm not in favor of anything distasteful where the either the performer doesn't you know fully approve of it or you know if it's something about a death the family i think that that's such a different thing so i i agree with you and i think it is a little bit of a different case but uh, one thing that it brought up that was pretty interesting when we talked about it because i was saying hey look you know michael hayes brought up a bunch of racist stuff and that made him a bad guy and junkyard dog you know redeem that by beating him and that's sort of like little stuff like that we talked about last week but um one thing that he brought up that i thought was interesting especially you know given the context of this week is that his thought was, you know, we're so the way that wrestling fans are and the way that wrestling organizations are and that sort of stuff is is people understand now it's not the competitor that's saying a lot of this stuff. It's it's especially in WWE. It's not that guy that's saying that. It's it's the company telling that person to say that. So all the heat then, so that, that angle happens, and there's nobody mad at Paige right now. I don't think anybody in the world I saw more people apologizing to her on Twitter. And I actually did a little bit of due diligence in terms of just searching up Paige and Charlotte and looking at other Twitter feeds. Cause you know, we get caught in our little bubble here and like these people, but I wanted to see what sort of the masses were thinking. And more people it seemed like almost everybody realized. Look, that's probably not something Paige wanted to say. It's probably not something Paige really believes. Everybody was upset. I can't believe WWE would make Paige do that. And that, from his point, which, which to a, I, I agree with WWE maybe, to his point, is that really beneficial then? Because this the heat is not on Paige. It's not on Charlotte. The, 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 the match itself isn't really improved by it, but it's just people kind of go, man, fuck WWE. Why would they do that? And that, that is that really beneficial? I don't know if it is. It's why would they do that? And why would they allow that? Because even if it exactly. was her idea, yeah. like they're claiming, but and hey, look, she was in a tough spot. I don't think you can blame her for anything. I mean, if Charlotte's not going to stand up and say, I want to do this, if they ask her to do it, like Paige. Well, Paige, yeah, she certainly I mean, can't be like, uh, no, <laughs> like, she's out there doing yeah. her job. I mean, what do you right. want from her? So, you know, that wouldn't be. Fair. And nobody, I, I don't, I haven't seen anybody really get mad at her. Yeah. I, I've seen more people, like I said, apologized, uh, you know, to her saying, oh, I'm so sorry they put you in that position or whatever. And it, it, it's very interesting from that standpoint. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you could say the one benefit would be maybe, maybe Charlotte becomes more of like a sympathetic figure because people feel bad or whatever. But Again, I, I just don't know that it's beneficial on any level. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. I, I you know, I ex- expected when I first heard about it, I expected to kind of go, eh, who can, you know what, and be like, hey, you know, sometimes this distasteful stuff's not bad. You know, now you have to make it to focus and and really try to sell pay-per-views on it. But as the news kind of went on and we found out that that Beth and that Rick didn't know about it and that Charlotte maybe got pressured into it, that changes my whole dynamic. You, you know, because if they're all on board and this still happens, then I say, yeah, go for it. Then it becomes a central part of the story. And then if Charlotte wins, you know, maybe doesn't win this time or wins the next time and they say, hey, you know, this was always my brother's dream because she's mentioned that a lot too. There's a way that you could turn it into something, you know, beneficial. But knowing that they didn't know and that they were just shocked and, you know, crying when it's happening like that, that you can't do. That's just that. That's where I draw the line. Absolutely. That's like you mentioned, Eddie Guerrero. That's doing the Eddie Guerrero thing and not telling Vicky that you're doing it. Like, you, you know, that's you can't do that. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes to death angles. Well, let me ask you this first before I get into that. Do you think if this if it would have gotten mega heat, 
like the good kind of heat. If it would have gotten mega heat and and it, and it got page over and the crowd, you know, really responded to it, do you think the reactions would be different from some people? No, I don't think so. You still think people wouldn't like it? Yeah, I, th- I think people would be the same. Okay. Now, see, because when it comes to death angles, I mean, look, we talked about Minoru Suzuki, you know, exploiting Masawa's death early on in the Suzuki gun invasion, remember? Yeah. And I ain't like that. Um, I think it's kind of like a case-by-case basis. You know, it's like I think it's how it's handled. And context, like I always say, context always matters. And you really can't – I can't really – I'm not comfortable saying – I'm not that I'm totally against using real life deaths as part of angles. And I'm not comfortable saying that I'm totally okay with it either because I think context always matters. And I, I, I didn't like Minoru Suzuki going down that road. I was against that. Uh, I certainly am not a fan of, you know, in Puerto Rico doing, you know, a bruiser Brody <laughs> Memorial show. I mean, you can fuck right off. And, and, and at one point, and I don't know if it was for that same show or not, um, but maybe someone listening can clear that up or we can look it up later. But at one point they did an angle where Invader 1 pulled a knife on somebody. And they were, yeah, Onita, I think. And it's like <laughs> you can just – Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't believe that was on that same show, but it, it was something again. Yeah, they had Invader 1 pull a knife on Onita. Right. I so I don't want to accuse them of doing some something twice to try to make money off of Brody. But they, they did. No, they, I mean they did. Those were two separate <laughs> incidents? Okay, well then there you go. I, I mean, think so. I have no idea. I, I would assume so. I, I think it might be even worse if you do it on the, memo- the four years after the death memorial show than you have yeah, a guy pull. I was I, thinking maybe that was to build heat for the memorial show, but I don't uh, – That I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I, 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 can't, I can't say with certainty, so unfortunately I don't know. Yeah. So. so I mean but, – but you could fuck right off with something like that. I mean that's just disgusting. I mean there's, there's, that's indefensible in every way. That's – you know what? That's indefensible, even if he didn't really kill Brody. Even if you're like a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, you might not want to go down that road. You know maybe I mean? just Right? I mean, because there's some people who say, look, maybe he was defending himself. No one was in that locker room but him or Brody. I don't want to do a Bruce or Brody show here. But my point is, even if even if he didn't kill Brody, you still can't do an angle like that. That's that, – no. you God, no. right <laughs> off of that. You're, that's disgusting. So, you know, to me, it's a case-by-case basis. And I think judging by the reactions to this one and – and 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 the whole tone of this and the feel that this was just I mean I mean universally people feel like this was just a bad idea. If WWE is sending out statements to address it, you know it was a bad idea because normally they don't give a shit. They don't address internet concerns or you know, oh yeah they don't care. And they put out a statement today which tells you that they recognize that this was a mistake. Whether they admit that it's a mistake or not, them putting out a statement to me tells you that they know it was a mistake because that's not, they're not that's not what they do. You know, and Vince McMahon is not one to suck it up. You, you know what I mean? And say, yeah, I was wrong or whatever. You know, that's that's so uh, against what they usually do. So, yeah, you know that it's something that's been making waves, you know, in that in that locker room and, and around the world, too. Yeah, so. so it was a miscalculation. And, um, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. So I don't know where they go from here with all of this. Um, but look, the bottom line is it's like the other thing that it, that people are kind of um, – ignoring you know for obvious reasons because this kind of took center stage but i mean they closed the show with page and charlotte because you know they're giving the best effort that they think that they can to this divas thing but that's not a main event angle or program can we be honest Um, a contract signing joe come on i mean a page and charlotte that's not a main event program you know it's look it's it's that's not and and look they've just it goes right back. I mean, it just is the continued botching of all of this. You know, it's like let people get over first. Uh, you know, they have women on the roster who can get over that have proven they can get over. Let that happen first. 
then put them in those spots because it's really unfair to put these people in these spots when it's, it's just it, – everyone in that building knows that that's not a main event program. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it wasn't even fair to them from that perspective, you know, but that's something that no one's talking about because of the Reed Flair stuff. So yeah. The whole thing was just a gigantic mess. Um, it, it's, it's, it comes off – look, people know. When you know it's not a main event program, now it's just coming off forced. You know, and that's the worst thing possible. Well, that's been that's been this whole divas revolution. Yeah. I mean, from the moment that they put a hashtag on it, you knew, okay, <laughs> you know, and that's the wrestling fans have proven time and time and time and time again that when you force something down their throats, they generally don't like especially it. I mean, like this era, especially yeah, exactly, yeah, and you can actually go back. I mean, if you really, really think about it as well, especially you know, of course, NWA, WCW, those fans were were great at, at saying no, <laughs> that's not who we want right now. I mean, not as 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 you know, heartfelt as as you know, today or whatever, but there were numerous times where they were like, no, you know what? We don't, you know, we don't want that. And it's, it's been something that's been for a long time. I mean, WWE fans were pretty open to it, you know, in the eighties or whatever, but it, it's, it's just, it, it, especially in this era, the second it seems like it's a, a, a thumbs up from the, or that it's a forced or whatever, and a, a thumbs up from the corporation and all that sort of stuff, it immediately loses, you know, some of its steam. And it's, this whole thing has just been, yeah, it's, it's been a nightmare. And, and <laughs> NXT, NXT yeah. has shown that you don't have to force it. Now, not everything that works in NXT works on the main roster. But, you know, the template there, they never forced it down people's throats. No, and, and when they do, I mean, there are times where they'll try to force something, but almost immediately if, if they can tell. Like, I think the Baron Corbin turn has been fantastic where they've, they've forced that for a long time. And they went, you know, six months or whatever with Baron Corbin as, you know, this this radical baby face that's going to go in and beat these guys in two minutes. And the fans turn against it and they smartly said, OK, hey, we'll go with it. You know what I mean? And like and now Baron Corbin's a bad guy and he's really good. He's, in the role. He was really miscast. You know, and that, yeah, that shows so, you. So, yeah, you can tell now just how, how perfect that is for him. That guy's just not a baby face. And, I, I, and, you know, I don't know if he ever will be. He's just a, he's a dick. You know, he's a heel. He's a dick in real life, too. Or not, I mean, not, not, he's, you a, know, I don't wanna, he's a surly guy. Exactly. That's what I mean. I don't want to mean like a, like he's a bad guy in real life. I don't know if he's a bad guy or he, whatever. But yeah, he comes across as kind of a dickhead in real life. We, so we go with it. talked about it a million times on this show. He was a charisma void as a baby face, he had negative charisma. But he has some heel charisma. Um, you know, so th- there's something there, at least character-wise, presentation-wise, and, and from a charisma standpoint with him. I don't know if he'll ever be a great worker, but that's not the most important thing anyway, as we know. So, right. you know, it, it's, it's – you know, I don't know if he's ever going to go out there and have great matches, but he, there, there, he does have heel charisma. And it just goes to show sometimes these guys are miscast, and that's why with NXT – you know, it's it's okay that they throw different things against the wall to see whether they stick or not. It is still developmental, you know, and, and you constantly have to remind yourself of that, especially when you know they're bringing in Lasombra and Austin Aries and James Storm and and <laughs> right. and, and Gunner and fucking and and. And, and like we saw in the note in the Observer, pretty much anybody from uh, <laughs> Ring of Honor that wants and like just different companies, it, it's a free for all right now. Right, it's, and, and it's like you, you still have to keep in mind that regardless of all of that, underneath uh, you know the fact that they want to you know fill two thousand seat concert halls and they need to hire people, it's still a developmental territory. So it's still okay to try different things with people. Some things are going to work, some things aren't. So Alexa Bliss is another one as well. She's so good in that heel. So role. much better as a heel. And and yeah. and look, I, I she's not someone I would write off as a baby face but no i think that she's absolutely like we talk about the with the roman reigns where maybe she just needs to do this learn how to do it a little bit and then she'll be good to go i, th- I think her long term is a baby face but it's good to, i think it's always a good idea to have people work heel for a little bit figure that out figure out how that works because i feel like we, we always see it time and time again with wrestlers as well you seem to develop a lot more character 
and, and, and seem to get a little bit more comfortable with everything as a heel. And then most people can transition it then to, to a baby face at some point. Guys that are always good guys, it, it almost never works. You know what I mean? Like they you, always you need that little bit. You count them on one hand historically who – you know, never had a heel run, but we're tremendous right. baby face. And that's why we bang that Roman Reigns drum all the time. It's just like that guy has never, you know, like I, I think even I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember early like FCW Roman Reigns stuff or whatever the hell his name was there. Was he was he always good? Leake and all that. Yeah, because I, I remember he always came out with like the sunglasses and the and that's I, I don't remember if that was a heel or baby face, though, to be for honest. For the most part, he was a baby face. But the, the shields. Yeah, came, I didn't watch much the of the shields that, so came in his heels. Yeah, that's true. But, but I, that's when he was part of a trio, and he was very, very, very much protected. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily count that. As, and he kind of worked like a face, even when he was a heel. They did. They really did. I, I was. I, I went back and watched some Shield matches not that no, long but especially ago. Especially him, because he would just come in and clean up. Exactly. He would do this stuff. I mean, Ambrose was definitely like kind of your slimy dude yes. or whatever. Uh, Rollins was kind of in between, Rollins, but Reigns Rollins came took in the like bumps. Rollins, yeah, exactly. Rollins, Rollins took the big bumps. Rollins was the old school heel, but yeah, Reigns kind Ambrose of always. Was, Ambrose like was the personality, and Reigns was yeah. highly protected and came in to clean up. And he really, you know, he's you know still working the same way now. We always talk about that. So it's like it's not like he's never had you know that that big that you know long sustained heel run where he just does something completely different. You know where he's in. You know where where he controls a match uh, and beats down the face for ninety percent. We've never seen that from him. And, you know, that's it's and you're right, I think. And NXT is a great place to allow these people to do different things. Yeah. How about that weird villains heel turn for one taping that they tried? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they realize, hey, this sucks. Yeah. And, and they. Yeah. That, I, actually, yeah it was a I, I enjoyed that. I thought I thought that brought something different to that act where they were like these weird. Yeah, I, I don't I think they're better as faces, though. I think they fit a little bit better. But I, I get what you mean. They were kind of they were kind of tapped out as faces. And they, I, the heel stuff could be OK. But yeah, I, I just think they're kind of better as faces. But. They always struck me that way, but. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, you know. Yeah, either way. But no, again, it's, it's a great atmosphere for that. And that that's one thing I really do love about NXT as well, is that you get these sort of things you just get some movement on those guys you can sort of see people progress and do all that sort of stuff and it's fun so <laughs> fortunately there might be less time for people to progress and do all that stuff but uh, we'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit as well did you want to go over survivor series here real quick while we're sticking with wwe yeah real quick let's do a one out of ten game here for uh the old survivor series um but, 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 but we still don't have it it's very odd uh, we're, we're waiting here, and, and I don't know if something's going to come up on the tapings. You know, we're recording right now on a Thursday. Uh, something might happen. People have watched the international version, have said they did not say anything about a, a, a you know five on five elimination match, but that they've WWE has advertised that there's going to be a five on five elimination match. We have no idea who's in it. Maybe it's happening right now. Maybe there's a pre-tape that didn't show up on the international version. Who the hell knows? We're going to skip that one because we don't know. So we're going to do everything else. And you're talking from about that, the but... international version of SmackDown, right? Yes, yeah, people have watched it because people always say, you know, you read the spoilers, you don't know. The spoilers, they're just doing the wrestling in there. There might be a pre-tape where they say, yeah, you know, this Sunday we're going to have you know, Survivor Series or whatever. But then people saw the international version of SmackDown and they still didn't have anything. So it's like, okay, I don't know now because, like, you know, maybe that's something they're going to say on the pre-show. So we're not going to preview that match. We have no idea. They've advertised that there's going to be a five-on-five. Who the hell knows? I'm sure it'll be Ryback and Cesaro and, you know, those sort of guys. But I I, I just have no clue. So we're not going to do that one. Um We'll start here with the uh, tournament semifinal match. You have Roman Reigns versus Alberto Del Rio. Joe, what is your one out of ten here on this guy? Man, this kid. <laughs> that tells I mean, your guys. Del, Del Rio has been so bad. Um, he really has. He has a look of I, – I forgot. I think someone on our forum said this. Uh, again, I hate when I can't you know credit who, who said it. But someone said that he almost looks like he just – 
he couldn't pass up the money they gave him, but he really doesn't want to be there. I think Larry said that, didn't he? Oh, was it Larry? Yeah, Boxing Ropes, our, our good friend Larry. That, like, he, it, it, it's, I mean, when that guy was in Lucha Underground, even before he was pissed off, he was super into it. When he was in AAA, he was, like, he, I don't know if they just tell him, hey, we want you to be, you know, vapid and then boring or whatever, or if he just says, whatever, man, cash a check, get over here, whatever, but, or he's just not into the story, which I don't blame the guy. He, there's just nothing behind that. You know, you look at his eyes and it's just like, all right, like, how, how can I possibly be pas- he, passionate about anything you do? You're not you. You know, this is garbage. You know, it's awful. You don't care. He does have a bit of a dead behind the eyes look, but um, he's dragged everybody down. So he really has. So and he made Zeb Coulter uninteresting. Remember that? I think it was in the, one of the best characters on WWE, you know, for a year period. And I just want him off my TV as soon as possible when I see him now. <laughs> Go away. Like, how do you have a bad match with Cena this year? I mean, how's that even happen? Unless you're Rusev, I guess. But um, yeah. But you know, a lot of those Rusev matches were just bogged down by awful gimmicks and uh, right. and, and stipulations. But um, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's like you said earlier. Reigns can be hit or miss, you know. And and I think he, you know, for someone who supposedly is the preeminent Roman Reigns basher and um, supposedly biased against the guy, I mean, right now he has my most improved vote because from the beginning of the year. To this point in the year, I don't think there's anybody who has improved as much as he has. Because in the beginning of the year, I thought he was absolute dog shit to the point where I thought he was going to be a complete and utter disaster and couldn't work a competent singles match. I thought he really was thought he was that bad. And I still do think that that Reigns-Rollins match, I don't care what anybody says, that Raw match from February is still one of the worst matches I've seen all year. At this point, Reigns is putting in good performances. He has some good matches. He still has some matches I don't like very much. You know, you said yourself, you think he's kind of hit or miss. So this is a tricky spot because he's a guy who can still miss, and he's in there with a guy who's done nothing but miss since he came back. So in terms of, you know, know, is it a match I'm excited to see? No, but I would have to give it like a 6 on the 1 to 10 because I'm curious to see how it plays out as a match. That's Mm -hmm. interesting to me. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the seven as well, just because I, I I am very curious as well, and I wonder, you know, there's always the story, and we talked about it last week a little bit, that there's always gonna be this little, okay, what's gonna happen in the main event? We, I, I don't think we might be working ourselves into a shoot here, and it might just be a clean win by you know Roman Reigns or whoever or, or whoever does go to the finals and wins or whatever. I'm assuming, I mean, I would I would almost bet 100 that Reigns is gonna win here, but. You know what I mean? I, I'm curious to see if they sort of hit towards stuff or, you know, if, if they if there's something there uh, that sort of gives us a little hint in terms of what happens in the main event. But, yeah, I'm also interested as well because he's a guy who we've talked about many times. In my opinion, a lot of it is the guy he's in the ring with. When he's in the ring with a really good worker, when he's in the ring with a guy that, that really, you know, accents him well, he, he does. I, I really love his matches, like the stuff with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I really enjoyed that stuff. Like there's been a lot of really, really good matches that Reigns has had, but a lot of it has been – Usually it's been the other guy in the ring I like a lot, and I think he's really good too. And Reigns just compliments them, and they do that perfect. It's not going to happen with Del Rio. Yeah, because (laughs) because here's here's how it's been with Reigns. He all his matches are the same template. He takes a long extended beatdown, and then makes a hot comeback. And it's like the guy giving the and and Reigns is a very good seller. There's two things Roman Reigns does at an excellent level right now at this point in his career. He sells, and he has that big. And his, co- and his comebacks are hot. The fans are always into his comebacks. They may not be into him every time when he comes out for his match. Some crowds are, some crowds aren't. And they may not be into him in the meat of the match. They're not trying to egg him on. And, and you know, they're not doing the slow clap for him when he's taking his beatdowns. And I don't feel like he's over to the level of his push. But the two things he does very well are sell and make his comeback. The fans are always into the comeback once he gets into it. But the, but the thing is, when that's your match template, 
and that's your bread and butter, and that's what you do, your matches are heavily dependent on the guy giving the beatdown, giving a compelling beatdown. Right, and unfortunately, it's Alberto Del Rio this time. Yeah, so, and Brock Lesnar, yeah. <laughs> Brock Lesnar can give a compelling beatdown. I mean, who gives a more compelling beatdown than Brock Lesnar? So you made a very good example. That's why the WrestleMania match worked so well, and that's why every, yeah. we all thought that that was such a great match. The problem with Del Rio is who knows if he's going to be into beating this guy down for 12 minutes, and, and how compelling is it going to be? And is he going to grind it to all? Because if that's the case, this is going to be a shit match. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and you know, it's it's... You know, the, the Cesaro Reigns closing stretch was phenomenal. They did a lot of stuff that, that, that I've never seen before, and there were some uh, awesome and, 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 and wild reversals, and there was just good action. And, um, you know, is Del, are, is Del Rio going to be into the match enough to be able to provide a, a closing? I mean, if his beatdown is not compelling, and it's just a run-of-the-mill Roman Reigns comeback, I mean, I could see this match being awful. So, you know, I'm very compelled to see how it plays out. I am as well. Uh, the next semifinal, uh, Kevin Owens, Dean Ambrose. I'm way into this one. I love both these guys. I'm going to go about a 10, I think. I, I really, really just love both these guys. So I, I'm sure they're going to deliver as well. Like, I have no doubt that both these guys are going to give full effort and really try to have something nice. I don't know how much time they're going to get, but but I, I'm really into it. Also because I really don't know who's going to win out of it, too. So that's a little interesting thing as well. I, I, I could see either scenario. I could see Ambrose, you know, getting the win and then, you know, going against his old shield mate. Uh, I could also see Owens doing it. So that that's my intrigue as well, is that I re- legitimately do not know. The previous match, I know for a fact that that Reigns is going to win with this. I don't have no idea. So it's, that's pretty fun then. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I would go about an eight and I'd probably go higher if I was more into the promotion right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I look eight solid eight means I really want to see the fucking match. Um, you know, I don't go higher than eight very often, but, um, but yeah, it's just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I wish I was more invested and, and cared who won and all that. But I, I do think that these guys are going to go out there and have a great match. All right, uh, we'll move on to the match we were talking about a little bit, the Divas Championship match, Charlotte versus Paige. Has your interest level increased after seeing... From a train wreck perspective, sure. From a... The I'm just curious how the crowd's going to yes, react. I'm that. just curious how the announcers are going to react. Like, are they going to dance around it? What's the intro video going to look like? From that aspect, I have to go attend as well. I don't know if I'm actually interested in what happens in the match or the match itself, but there's just so many weird things. Like, do they just ignore it and act like Monday didn't happen? What does the crowd do? You, you know, how does Charlotte compose herself? Are they going to bring out Rick? You know what I mean? Like, there's there's so much here that you can talk about. So for me, I got to go attend again, and that's not because I'm I'm into the match or I was into the build or anything. So I guess from <laughs> from one aspect, they have me interested, but I don't know how many other people are going to buy the show because of what they did on Monday. But for me, I just I, from a train wreck standpoint, like you said, I just I, I'm so intrigued of how this this operates and how they do it. Yeah, I'll go five. I would have went two or three, but I, you know, I'll bump it up to a five for those same reasons. All right, so we have a uh, singles match: Dolph Ziggler, Tyler Breeze. Joe, I know you're uh, bated breath, to, uh, so I'll let you have the floor here. Tell how interested you are in this view. I mean, this, this is a fun little match, so. Um, you know, I'll give it a five. I'll, I'll, you know, they can go out there and have a decent match. Yeah. I'll go about a five, too. I, I don't know. Yeah. I like both guys, but just kind of there. It seems out of place. Some <laughs> mid card action, Rich. A little mid card yeah. action. Oh, let's see. I need a little bit because this might be our main event. I, I doubt it. I'm, I'm assuming the, the, the title match will be, but, you know, given the heavy <laughs> publicity for the 25th anniversary of The Undertaker, the Brothers of Destruction, Undertaker and Kane versus the Wyatt family. Uh, I think we now officially know it's Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman as the two they're going to face. So he, so he selected himself and yes. Braun. Yeah. Okay. I would have select. You know, I would have preferred Harper involved somehow, but uh, you knew Braun was going to be in the match. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just don't care. I mean, I I, I almost prefer if Wyatt just sat this one out and said, you know what, I don't win ever. How about you guys try? I'll just sit on the side and. I, I got to be honest. I don't give a single shit about any of these. Yeah, I'm, people. A, I'm a zero. It's a zero. I'm I really a... don't care. Which is weird because I, I, you know me, and, and we've talked about it on this podcast before. Less so now. I mean, it's it's sort of been beaten out of me a little bit. But I've always been a big Undertaker fan. I've never always loved his matches, but I've always loved the, the character. I've always loved a lot of it. Like this entire weekend over the network, I've been watching a lot of the stuff that they put out there. Some stuff's been good. Some stuff's been bad. But I've been enjoying it. I just like kind of reliving his career and doing all that sort of stuff. At this point, man, it's like just get this over with. And especially this twenty fifth. Like I have no like interest level of oh my god, I get to see the Undertaker again. Yay! Like you know what I mean? Like if if he had been out for a year and this was oh, okay, we're going to make this a big deal, but you've seen the guy a bunch. Like, I, I just don't know how anybody could be like, whoa, The Undertaker's going to be on Survivor Series. And especially in this match and the way they're doing it, like, yeah, I, I'm a zero as well. This could be it's this up. could be bubble talk. I, you know, the casual fan is probably into this. It's yeah, I have no idea. But I, I, I don't give a fuck. I, I don't care about any. I do know I... Uh, I had to drop off. So the nurse forgot like her badge and that's like a, a vital part of being a nurse. <laughs> she, so I had to drop it off uh, at her work the other day. So I'm pulling into the parking garage. And the, the, the parking garage attendant, uh, he's got his little phone. You know, it's, it's like propped up on the desk because he's a parking garage attendant at like 10 p.m. at a hospital. Like two people are coming in, so he doesn't really need to pay attention. I notice what, I appear, what appears to be wrestling. I don't know for a fact. It appears to be wrestling. I have no idea. So then he's on the way out. And like I didn't need to do this, but I like rolled down my window and just like handed him my ticket even though they had a thing. And I was like, oh, do I give this to you or whatever? Just to see what was on his screen. And like he was watching old Undertaker matches. So how about that? And I said, oh, wrestling fan. He goes, yeah, I love The Undertaker. He's like, oh, yeah, 25th anniversary of The Undertaker. And I was like, yep, I'll be watching. And then that was it. Like, There you go, on the iPhone. Yeah, I was watching a new. I was wearing a New Japan hoodie at the time, too. And I, I think I walked by, and I don't think he noticed it. So. Might have had no idea. There you, go. you know, yeah, so, WWE fan. So, yeah, but he was very intrigued. He was watching an Undertaker-Kane match. And I, that's that's how you know you're in, the, you're in a different bubble than we are. Absolutely. Because he, he willingly went back and watched. I think it was the WrestleMania uh, 14 match, which I, uh, even at gunpoint, I don't think I would ever watch again, but, yeah. <laughs> but there you go. So there you go. That's he's in, he's into it. So that's fine. Uh, and then we have what I believe, again, we said the five and five, we have no idea what that's going to be, but presumably there'll be something there. There's also presumably going to pre- be a pre-show. We have no idea though, but we get to our main event. Uh, Joe, so you're predicting Roman Reigns, uh, defeating Del Rio. Yes. Okay. And then Owens Ambrose, who do you got? Here? I'm just going chalk. I think Ambrose will win that match. Okay, so Reigns, Ambrose, uh, interest level in that then, in that potential matchup. Maybe we'll go through the both. We'll go Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose. What would your interest level be there? And then your interest level if it was Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. You know, if it wasn't this time of year, I'd say that the you know they should they should show some guts and put the belt on Owens since he's the most interesting person in the promotion. And then you could have Reigns chase Owens, but they're not going to do that this close to WrestleMania. That's crunch time. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the WrestleMania main event is not going to be Roman Reigns versus, versus Kevin Owens. I mean, let's be realistic. So... Um, if that would have been the match, I'd be far more interested in watching Kevin Owens wrestle Roman Reigns than Ambrose. Uh, so I would have given that like an eight Ambrose Roman Reigns. I'll give it six. Um, and just the, the intrigue to see if somebody turns or whatnot. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not that all that into this company right now. I don't know. I have some, no, that's fair. I'm I'm right with you as well. Yeah, we got to kind of talk about it, and then we have to do our due diligence here, at least talk about it. But I'm kind of the same way, too. I can't give real passionate thoughts. Uh, I think either match will be pretty good. Uh, Reigns-Owens, Reigns-Ambrose. But like you said, I, I'm kind of at a five because my big int- – you know, I, match itself, um, you know, it'll be cool. But my big thing is, okay, you know, what's going to happen afterwards? And I don't know if I'm really – to me, I just want – I, I kind of want – 
them to sort of buck the trend and, and do something clean. Just have clean fit, have a guy just definitively win, have a guy definitively lose. That's what I love about it. And that's why I told you Monday, I think you actually should go back and rewatch Raw because it was a very clean show in both these tournament semifinals was just like Owens beat Neville. And that was it. Like Neville was, was not the worst for wear. Neville gave him all of his, that he could, he didn't win. And then he lost and he kind of, it was all right. Like Owens benefited by winning and Neville benefited by having a good match with Owens. And that was it. It was like, ah, you know, sometimes you can do this. And like it, that, that's the refreshing thing was when they do that sometimes, but I know that this main event is going to be marred in, in, in stuff. Like it's not going to be clean no matter what, you know what I mean? Like there's no chance in hell that Triple H doesn't come down at some point. And either try to get involved or, or, or hint towards getting involved or or somebody interferes on behalf of the, you know what I mean? Like something's going to happen there. And that that puts my level down a little bit because I just want to see something different. I just want to see a guy get a definitive win and become the definitive champion in some way, shape or form and not do an authority lackey thing. But, you know, that's if you've watched the TV and watched the backstage stuff, that's it's it's going to happen. And we know it's going to happen. So yeah, his little pep talks to all the guys in the tournament. And, you know, the crew. Oh, yeah. Clearly setting something up. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it is what it is. So I've said a lot with WWE stuff. <laughs> it is what it is. That's why we need to get into something we're a little bit more passionate about. But that's it for the WWE talk. Uh, we might talk about La Sombra and NXT a little bit later. But uh, let's get to some stuff that I know we're going to be a little bit more into. Well, and actually, that was the Ted Roo show. Oh, that, sorry. Before that, why don't we – Damn it. Why don't, sorry, man. Why don't we just – I think now would be better time to just go over the guys that showed up in NXT today. Um and talk about that briefly rather than – Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I, I might have missed a few of them as well because I haven't been on Twitter in, in a few hours. So I don't know. I know Austin, Austin Aries officially showed up. Yeah, James Storm okay. already wrestled a match as of this recording, so uh, he's back in the fold. And then Lasombra, of course. Um, there was rumors of Gunner, but I, I don't know if that's confirmed or not. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're making a play for a lot of these guys. I don't know which one. Look, Lasombra has a contract. That's for certain. He did the gimmick handshake picture with Triple H. Yeah, he's in. He's in. He's wearing the Performance Center T-shirts. Yeah, that dude's. And, in, and isn't James Storm in too? As of this he, recording, that I don't know. I know there was weird stuff about his contract before, so I, I don't know for a fact. I don't know if that's changed uh, since we got or, or when people got more information recently. I thought he was kind of on the fence, but I guess him coming back sort of indicates that maybe he's not. Yeah, and I don't know what I don't know what's clear. up. I don't know for a fact. Austin Aries either, but. Um, I could see Austin being that sort of case by case guy for now. The Samoa but, Joe, Johnny Gargano kind of thing, where he yeah. kind of shows up for the tapings and he's a guy there to have good matches and to put on the specials and uh, you know maybe maybe you send them on the road to to draw in certain places. But um, so I don't know either. Uh, you know he's a guy who you know they should have signed ten years ago. Yeah, it's <laughs> he's, he's one of those guys. Like like many of these guys, where they just completely missed the boat because of a different hiring philosophy that they had, and he should have been on their roster ten years ago. I yeah, mean, we knew that. And 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 you know, and Lasombra, I mean, I've been saying they should sign that guy since two thousand nine. I mean, or two thousand ten or whatever. You know, long before his podcast when we knew each other in another life. And it's like you always knew that that was the guy. Um, you know, in Mexico who had something special. And if you recall. This is pre-podcast, so you're going to have to back me up here because you're the only one who would know this, just you and Larry. But if you recall, you know, I thought they should have signed him instead of Mystico at the time. I was yep, – I, I, I remember that. I was very down on I, – I was very – look, this is not hindsight talking. I was not high on the Mystico signing. I thought that was going to fall on his face. You know, it's just he was – Mystico was never a great worker. I thought, you know, you know obviously he was a, a, a huge – you know, biggest draw in the world for a year, year and a half, two years there. But I thought that was very much – a Mexico thing, and I didn't feel like it would translate. 
Um, and I'm not saying all this to pat myself on the back. The point of this is I thought they should have signed Lasombra then. Yeah, he, he was perfect. I mean, perfect yeah, maybe he needed a little bit of seasoning, but now he's so much perfect. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just no – there's no thing – there's nothing you can you can say bad about it. I mean, it's, it's such a perfect fit now It's a no, for no brainer. And I mean, at this yeah. point and, – and maybe maybe in hindsight it is better that they waited, but it's, it's not – but listen, I don't think that was on purpose. I don't think they were sitting around Titan Towers going, ah. Now, let's yeah, give this let, chat a couple of years to simmer. I just think they've missed the boat on him for the last five years. But mm-hmm. it may have worked out because he's developed a little more charisma. He shed the mask. And, you know, getting rid of the mask has actually added to his charisma, in my opinion. The big thing with Lasombra, though, and this is going to be a big key for him. And listen, and that's why I set up with I've been saying they should sign him for five years. And I'm a big fan of his. I think they a tremendous talent. I think he has the right kind of charisma for, for that company and for this fan base. All of those things. I love the guy. Here's the thing with Lasombra though. He really is going to have to be willing to learn and he's going to have to make some concessions with his style because he cannot go out there and have those matches that he has with Volador Jr. where they're just doing spots for 20 minutes. That's not right. Gonna... And, yeah, that, you know, that's not going to go over well it's... in the performance center. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many of those matches you saw, but those in particular against – they're just a series of spots for 20. That's literally all they are. They just take yeah, turns. Yeah, there, there was one that got hyped not that long ago that I think I watched. And, and even when you were like, man, that was a lot of spots, I was like, okay, I need to watch this to see what this is like. And, and yeah, it was – it was there was just nothing there. It was kind of – And now look, you know, it's, it's, it looked, there are very impressive spots. The, I can do anything. And so can Volador Jr. I mean, those guys are tremendous athletes that can do anything. And, um, you know, Volador Jr. is a guy I think would be worthy of them giving a shot at some point, too. But they have to make concessions to his. Now, look, those matches are kind of extreme because we've seen this guy rein it in. I mean, he, you know, he, he's had matches in New Japan against, you know, Nakamura that were outstanding. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's not like I don't think he's capable of it, but. He really has to go, get in there with an open mind because they're re- that's the kind of guy they're really going to want to break down and build back up. They want to do that with everyone. But, you know, that's not necessarily fair either because, you know, like we've talked about too, Kevin Owens is Kevin Steen. Right, exactly. He's yeah. changed nothing. It's the same. It's, he works the same way. He, 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 Kevin Owens is Kevin Steen without the profanity. That's all he is. And it's like, so, you know, maybe we're a little on Samoa Joe. I mean, right down to the name is the same guy. You know, they haven't asked him to change anything. He nearly killed a man with a muscle buster and they still let him do it. You know, you know, obviously it wasn't the, you know, there were other circumstances there. You get the point I'm making, you know, so, you know, it's not, they don't necessarily break everyone down anymore. That's not even true, but he's a guy who I think is going to have to accept that they're going to want to break him down. Um, and he's going to have to be willing to learn. He's, you know, look, that's and, and he has to be smart enough to know that that's what sunk Mystico, being bullheaded and stubborn, yeah, not exactly. wanting to learn English, not wanting to change the way he worked, uh, you know, just wanting to do things his way, coming in with that superstar attitude, which, look, to be fair, the guy maybe was a bigger star than anybody that was in that company other than Cena, if we're being fair. But, um, you know, it's it's. But he's going to have to – if he's smart, he'll look at that mystical situation, look at all the things mystical did wrong and do the complete opposite and go in right. there with an open mind and a good attitude and be willing to learn and relearn some things. And, and I think that if he does that, if he does that, he will have a very good career in that company. 
Oh, absolutely, because he's got great building blocks. I mean, he's a great-looking dude. You know, the body's great. You know, his skill. He's obviously got, you know, smarts and skill. And like you said, yeah, he's just going to have to be willing to sort of soak in a lot of the stuff because they're going to sort of – they might not know what they have in him. They might just think they have this raw, you know, 26-year-old guy that, you know, used to be a luchador and now we have to – but, I mean, that's fine. Write it out a little bit. You know, don't think in the next year you're going to be on the main roster doing stuff. Like, like write out a little bit because I think when they eventually do that – and and more times than not, when they when they go the route of we're going to break you down and build you up, more times than not, they th- that's their goal of saying, hey, we think this guy is something special. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think in a lot of ways when they just bring the guy up and they say, okay, I'll go ahead or whatever. A lot of that is okay. You know, we just think there's probably a ceiling to you. I think that they didn't think ah whatever with Kevin Owens. You, you know, I think they're kind of surprised at how good. I think we all are. I think we're all a little bit surprised of how well he's transitioned there. I don't know that they had grand ideas that he was going to be, at least on the main roster, was going to be as as over and, and as great as he was, you know, as quickly as he was. And 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 has, has he sustained? I mean, the John Cena stuff came and went and he sort of sustained it and they never really went through that period with him. But when they do with Lissambra, I again, like you're saying, that's it's it's in some ways it's a pretty good thing because they're they're gonna they're really gonna work with the guy and they're really gonna say, hey, this is something that we're special and and we think you're special and we think we're gonna do something with you. And I, I I'm right with you. I think you know when it's all said and done, it might take two years, but when they eventually have what they want out of him, I think they're gonna have something spectacular for him. And and I think he's gonna be really good. It's good for that. You know, it's like we talked about last week. Give someone else a shot for this, you know, Latino superstar role. The quote Latino star. Like you said, sign sign six of those dudes. Yeah, you know. Triple A and CMLL is such a mess right now. Grab any of those guys. You know what I mean? Like, if there's anybody that shows any sort of intrigue in any of those two promotions that you like. And they're not super tiny. Because look, look, I I don't think size, look, it's not 1989. But you can't be five foot two either. And like, you know, Rey Mysterio Jr. was a very, very, very special case. I mean, you're talking about a once in a generation talent. But I mean, if, if you, you you know you get you get by being five six five seven, that's fine, you know. So you know how tall is Lasombra? He's right? like five six or five seven, right? Hey, let me see what Lasombra was. Yeah, he he looked kind of tall next he to Triple H, but I don't know. Than he, than he really is, though. I think uh, people he's got good shoulders. <laughs> he's a put together guy. I mean, you know, so he's five eleven. No, he's almost six. Well, he's five eleven. Okay, well, yeah, he's a, you know he'll have no issues with his size then. I think you know he looks tall. You know, I said something on Twitter about him being tall. And some of the Lucha guys came back and said that he wasn't tall. So I don't know. Maybe that's a worked height or maybe those guys were just wrong. Yeah, I have no idea. I could be wrong. That's just what Wikipedia said. Volador is 5'9". That's so fine. That's not, uh, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And he's a he's decent looking guy too. And he's he, he's in good shape. You know, these are the kind of guys. You, like you said, bring them all in. Make a play for all these guys. And they've looked at a lot of these guys because on previous tours, not on this one, they gave a lot of these guys tryouts. So, you know, you're going to have trouble getting the AAA guys now because they're all under contract with Lucha Underground. Right, right. But the CMLL guys, you can make plays for those guys, absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. They're, they're, you can definitely make a play with any CMLL guy. That's just a, would, a would weird, you give, weird roster situation there. It's, would you give Rush a shot? Absolutely, yeah. So would I, absolutely. I, I don't think I don't see the harm in bringing any of those guys in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think that's a, that's a market that they always say we're looking for the, you know, the Latino star or whatever. I say the way, the best way to find a star is bring a bunch of guys in and find out who's the best. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, one at a time. Exactly. Because one at a time, you're always going to fail with that. You can never, ever, ever do that when you say, this is our guy. Here we go. Oh, it failed. Oh, crap. We're screwed. You know what I mean? Like, and they, then you have to pay big bucks to bring Alberto Del Rio back. And that's like, we see how that investment's paying off already. It's like, yeah. And, okay. and, <laughs> and even if you don't want to put them all on the main roster at once and you just want to focus on one, that's yeah, six months, six months. Some guy, will, if one of, if none of the guys, you know, 
do anything for you? Okay, move on. You've got an XT where you can store these guys away, and then right. you know, you, then you'll have your pick and say, all right, let's give this guy a shot. And whatever happened to, you know, putting two guys on TV who work well together and just having them wrestle each other on every fucking show and go out there and tear, tear the house down. And so, like, I'll give you a good example. They brought in, you know, many years ago, great Sasuke and Taka Mishinoku and put them on Raw with the idea of getting Sasuke over. And it ended up working out the other way. Taka Mishinoku yeah. was the guy that got Well, and that's, over. that's a prime example there. You, you, you didn't just bring in Sasuke and have him face, you know, Goldust and go, ah, this thing's not working, you know. Yeah, and then Mishinoku, Taka was the one that ended up getting over and having a nice career there. What was he there for, mm-hmm. seven, eight years? Oh, God, yeah. He came in, what, 97? And I think he left 0405. Oh, three, oh, four, or somewhere oh, around there. Yeah, yeah, nice little career. Yeah, and and you know, in, in hindsight, he was he was much better suited for the company than Great Sasuke. He has some personality, and you know, a lot of people would argue he's a better worker. I would argue he's a better worker. I don't know about you, uh, you know. So in a lot of ways, yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, no, yeah. I think overall he's a better worker than Sasuke. Well, I think he's more versatile and um, clearly more personality for that company. Yes, um, I think. Would I rather watch a, a, a Sasuke match over a Taka match? Yes, but in WWE, that would the Sasuke was just not going to work. Ever. So and, and you know, and then what about you know, Rey Mysterio Jr. went all over the world wrestling Psychosis. You know what I mean? And it's like, and that's what helped get him over. So. You know, you, you, you know, it's like hire a bunch of these guys and then put them on TV and let them wrestle each other on SmackDown and Raw every week for a month. And you might be surprised if these guys have good matches. Maybe one of them gets over. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just an insane that they still haven't really capitalized on that Mexican market. You know what I mean? Like, well, in a way, it's, it's not because we just mentioned that they waited ten years too long to give Austin Aries. They don't even capitalize on their own market. I know that. I know. Yeah. These guys rot for a decade, and they. Well, Aries is a guy, and you might remember this: is that we? I, I, I know I was always on. I was always championing him many, many, many years ago. Again, pre-podcast days of saying when they when they were signing the, a lot of these guys in 05, 06 or whatever, he was always a guy that I was like, why have what like. I don't see any reason why not because he was such a good he was such a good talker at that time too. In Ring of Honor, he was so good at that. He was so head and shoulders above other guys in terms of like talking and character and that sort of stuff. You know, even in that era of Ring of Honor, and he's only gotten better. I think he's he's way improved over that. So and it's like that's a total package. By 2010, that guy was ready to fucking go. Yes. You didn't need anything else by 2010. Even a little earlier. I would say 09 in the HDNet era when he was actually a manager for the All Night Express. And all he did was go out. Remember, remember that? When he, yeah, oh, yeah. When that, he, was another when era, he, that was another era, too, where I was like, Jesus Christ. Man. He was like, actually please. an excellent manager. when he was. That's yeah. when he first rolled out the Greatest Man Alive gimmick. And he, he would come out with the pipe and the smoking jacket. And you know what I mean? And, and he, he was their All Night Express's manager. And their feud against Delirious or whatever it was. Or his feud against Delirious, but then he was managing them against Delirious. I don't know. Nobody cares. But but the point is, this guy's the total package. And then in 2012, you could argue he was one of the 10 best workers in the world. Yeah, TNA. And then by that in TNA of all places. And that point, it was just a joke that he wasn't in that company. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it's, – it's, you know, it's like they don't even – they didn't harvest – their own backyard properly so it's hard to it's, it's not easy to it's very easy to understand why they haven't harvested uh, uh mexico well yeah uh, and, and to be very- fair look look they went after they said ah well you know you know triple h probably picked up an observer and said this mystical guy is the biggest draw in the world this is the guy we got to give a shot to and it's like you know it's it's Look, I can't kill them for that. It's not like I thought signing Mystico was an awful idea. I just had reservations and never thought it was going to work. Mm-hmm. So. And you can almost tell from the beginning uh, as well. When he got into that ring, it was just like, oh, boy. <laughs> like, this guy is just – it's just not going to work. Started yeah, it started bad and it ended bad. And it, it, was, it, was, it was hopeless pretty quick. It was, it was not good. 
And especially when you heard about the guy that he was, and that I think that's the big thing, like you mentioned again, kind of, sort of, kind of circling back, is is that when you heard that he was just a total dick about everything, and and, and this it, it, that it, it was it, Sombra is just, I, and I think I'm hoping that he knows and he he knows the history and knows all that sort of stuff, and we'll we'll, we'll adjust accordingly and not be like that and be open to learning English and and do that sort of stuff that again like some people might roll their eyes and go oh who cares well you know what they care you know what just suck it up and do what they say sometimes you know fuck man poor Averno it's like that guy it wasn't working they said all right they were gonna do what we just talked about because they said pick an opponent and we'll hire him remember yeah so oh yeah I was about to say they should sign Averno and then I forgot I I looked at his name and I was like oh Averno he might be actually a pretty good fit I so they were gonna do what we we just talked about they were like look this pick somebody just name a guy and we'll hire him so Averno does that rushed mask match loses his mask so he's because he figures shit if I'm going WWE I gotta make some money losing this mask and I gotta do it quick because they might take the mask off me so he loses the mask and then and then I think Mystical ended up failing that that was one of his uh, wellness failures, wasn't it? Or was it an injury? I believe I so, what it yeah. was. It was one or the other, either a wellness failure or an injury. And then they dropped the idea, and then the poor guy got left behind. And not only that, Averno was a really hot heel at that time. And then it's like all his momentum got stifled. And then he, sw- and then he switched companies You know, a couple years later, a year and a half, two years later, he went to AAA, and now he's just kind of like in the mix. You know what I mean? He's not really a top guy. I kind of, you know, he fucked up two guys' career, Mystica. He, he ruined two <laughs> careers. He ruined his own, and then he ruined that guy's poor career. What did that guy do? He didn't do anything. You know, it's, 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 you know, so that was just a failure all around to where it ruined a guy's career who didn't even come in the company. You know, he's still ruining careers because now people have to be <laughs> Sankara, even though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hi, everybody. Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes here to remind you of all the great stuff currently up at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Joe Lanza shares his thoughts on the retirement of Genichiro Tenru. Dave Meltzer visits Shake Them Ropes to preview WWE Survivor Series. And Jaron Dove remembers Nick Bockwinkle. Coverage of the 2015 New Japan World Tag League begins on Saturday, and you can follow along and discuss all of the results with other fans on the Voices of Wrestling forums. We're proud to announce a partnership with Fathead this holiday season. For a limited time, you can save 25% on any new or customized order at Fathead. Visit Fathead.com, complete your order, enter in the promo code 25120, and save 25%. If your order is $120 or more, you also get free shipping. That's promo code 25120. As always, you can help support the website's great podcast by shopping on Amazon through our Amazon affiliate link. Visit voicesofwrestling.com slash Amazon today. Thanks for your support, and we can't wait to see you back at voicesofwrestling.com. Uh, actually, you want to stay in America here? We got some uh, some good news to talk about America, then maybe we'll do Japan at the end. All right. Here. Um, obviously today we mentioned lots of huge news. So I was kind of worried when we started the, sh- uh, when I woke up today, uh, I even texted you cause we talked about doing a, t- uh, you know, we we're going to review a tag match that I think the AJ Styles Nakamura, um, we talked about, we were talking about the AJ Styles Nakamura match at Wrestle Kingdom and saying, Hey, that they ever fought each other. And then we found this, you know, crazy tag match with Kurt Angle and Tanahashi and Nakamura. And we said, Hey, we're going to, we'll talk about that. At the end of the day today, I think that there's no way we're going to get to that match. So maybe we'll do it next week. It might be a little bit lower on topics, but so much happened today. Uh, of course, with TV changes and all this sort of stuff. Uh, let's kind of break this down one by one. Um, first, Ring of Honor. We heard about this, I believe, uh, yesterday was the big day for Ring of Honor. Maybe Tuesday. I forgot exactly. But anyway, that Ring of Honor is moving to Comet TV. So they are off Destination America. Uh, their final show will be 11.25. So that's next week's show will be their final one on Destination America. They will move now to Comet 
And for people that don't know, Comet is a brand new network. It's kind of a joint venture of um, a Sinclair Broadcasting. So they do own it as well. So it's sort of a, a symbiotic thing with Ring of Honor, you know, obviously also owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Uh, for most people, it's available, or actually, I think for all people, it's a digital channel. So it's available like over the air or if you have basic cable. Uh, it's not on like most, you know, full cable packages right now. Again, it, it's it's only like a month old, this channel. I think even last, I think it was Halloween, I think is when they Halloween, started Halloween, it. it's 19 years. Yeah, so it, it's super, super young. Right now it's on digital stuff, which is not ideal because raise your, if you follow. Raise your hand if you own a digital antenna. Uh, most TVs have them. You probably have it in there, but most people have no idea they do have it. Because it, when we were on Twitter, I, do you? I have no idea. I'm going to have to play around with my TV now. Yeah, do the, do the search. See if you do. All right, let me do it right now. Let's see. Do you know how to get there? Yeah. You gotta search for channels. I, I'm almost positive I don't. All right, so I've got uh, three HDMI. I got cable, uh, HDMI, auxiliary. Uh, this is thrilling. Continue. What's a uh, DTV? Digital is that digital TV? Yeah, there you that go. Yep, yep, there you go. All right, so let's see. Oh, you know what it does? It, it skips right through and doesn't let me stay. Yeah, you got What you have to do is you have to go to your menu and you have to search for channels because you've probably never done that before. No, but here's the problem. I can't get it to stay. Like I can, I I, I switch through all of my uh, options. I get it. Yeah. The DTV, okay. But then it it automatically skips me off of that. Okay, because like, there's nothing there. Well, like I'm saying, what you have to do is go to your main menu of your TV or whatever, and there's probably something in there that says like tuner or something like that. Like uh, I think load what, the channels. Exactly, yeah, because right now there are no channels on your thing. And which so is why it's legit. been through, so it's saying... Like mine, I have, an LG and, I have an LG, and when I go to my menu, it says channel, and there's a big satellite dish or whatever. And then if I click that, it will search for all the networks, and then it'll give me those um, through there. So gotcha. <laughs> as you can tell, that's sort of the process that some people are going to have to take. And no, uh, and no one's going to do that. No one's going to do I that, wouldn't yes. even I, I, that. I know how to do that. Uh, I'm teaching you how to do that. We had some people on our Twitter that knew how to do it. But for the most part, we had most people on our Twitter going, what the hell is over the air? I have no idea. And I was like linking people to like ba- – like it, th- that's, that's not going to be good. That is a definite downgrade from where they were with Destination America in terms of where people were very easily just able to find another network if they had it. There are obviously more homes that have Comet, so that is a benefit to Ring of Honor. But – to get it is harder. So I so I think somebody asked me. It was somebody from the UK, and they said, "What does this mean?" Because I have no idea what over the air, and I it confused the hell out of me. And I said, "Ring of Honor is accessible to more people, but it's never been less accessible to those people." Yes. Like it, it's it's harder to access it, but it's more accessible. If that makes sense. It's it's you can go buy a digital antenna at Best yeah, Buy. Yeah, like ten bucks. I have one in my my side room because I uh, in my like bedroom because I I don't want to run a cable wire through here. I'm in an older building and they, they don't yeah. have cable wire built into it. So I just got a digital antenna because you know sometimes I want to watch the news or I watch like a late night show in, in bed or whatever. And that's it. I got it for like ten bucks or whatever. It works fine. Right. But the point is, no one's gonna go out to their local Best Buy and buy a digital antenna so they can watch Ring of Honor wrestling. Unless you do it at uh, voicewrestling.com slash Amazon, though. That's not a bad idea, though. A tremendous idea. And you could, uh, <laughs> since it's so cheap, you can get the overnight shipping and you won't even have to miss an episode. You could have it before. They have, the Prime. They have that Prime. Uh, if you have Prime, you, they have like that same day shipping. Have you seen that stuff? That's right. Yeah. If you pay for the We fuck around with it at work now. Like there's that, there's the, I don't know if you have this yet in, uh, in, in College Station or Texas or whatever. They have the same day shipping where they'll like literally give it to you that, that exact same day. And then they have another one where it's like certain products that you can get within like two hours. It's so fucking I would creepy. think in Chicago, 
that would be we have like giant warehouses. Yeah, I mean, who so. knows where my closest hub is? Probably exactly. Houston, maybe Dallas. So there's no way. Yeah, I'm so that's probably not going to happen for you. Yeah, for a while. <laughs> but yours is like down the street. So oh, it's insane. Yeah, so like we had a joke. We were at work or whatever, and this guy was like, "I'm just going to order like." shit bags for my dog or whatever so and then like two hours later here's a box and we're like jesus christ it's unbelievable that's that's pretty impressive you know they, they were fucking around with having drones deliver shit to your door too I'm yeah like, oh yeah which, well that's still gonna happen i'm sure it's so. terrifying i mean i i don't know how i feel about amazon drones you know taking over our skies and dropping off boxes of porn <laughs> at people's doors you know what i mean like that's because Dogs of the world are just going to go nuts. Dogs are not going to be able to handle that. Well, I here's going to be the thing with the drones. People are going to like shoot them out of the well, sky to see yeah, what's exactly. in the box. Or what I'm going to do is just follow this drone to see where it goes when it drops off your package at your house. <laughs> I'm just going to go pick it up and package. leave. Yeah. So it's just a bad idea all around. I mean, you know, this could be one of those things where someone listens to this podcast in 10 years and laughs at us for being so non-forward thinking. But I, right. but I really think that's not a good idea. I mean – yeah, I'm the same way. You know, I briefly. And I'm pretty open to robot technology. And I'm not like, oh my God, they're going to take over the world or whatever. But yeah. That, I used to, uh, <laughs> when I was in my early 20s, actually, maybe a little early, maybe late teens, early 20s, every every Christmas I would work, um, I would I would go to, I would work for UPS as temporary seasonal employment. Oh, yeah. My dad used to do yeah, that. Yeah, as like the helper on the truck. So like, yeah, that's what I did. You make good money. Yeah. It? Oh, God, man. I'd rake it in for like six weeks. It was tremendous. I would do it every year. So um, what you would do is you weren't the driver. You didn't have to learn how to drive the truck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He just, he just jumped off. Yeah. But he had yeah. so many – they'd have so many deliveries that you know you would – you'd basically be delivering to every other house on the block. So you know he'd get out one side, you'd get out the other, and you just help him make the delivery. So anyway, um, I remember that certain neighborhoods were were – drop zones where it was safe to leave a package and then certain undesirable neighborhoods <laughs> we weren't allowed to leave packages so you know because the people would never get them so i'm kind of thinking maybe the drones will work the same way where they're yeah like white suburbia maybe it'll it'll rich you racist i'm being i guarantee you that's what they're gonna do i, I can tell you from um my ups experience is funny uh People from New Jersey will recognize this reference. Others may not. There's this town in New Jersey called Rawway, New Jersey. And literally, Rich, one side of the street was a drop zone. And the opposite side of the street. That's, I live in a town that's just like that. I, <laughs> Oak Park. I have, there's, there's, it's called Austin Boulevard. It's the street here. And, and it's a separation of one side of Chicago and the other side of Oak Park. I think I've told you this story before. And I feel like there's a force field. Like there has to be. Because there are like rich like, like it. I, I'll, it is. It's 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 a completely racially divided. There is rich white people on one side in nice big mansions and old houses or whatever, and on the other side is the start of Chicago, the start of public housing, the start of the West Side of Chicago, which is pretty bad, and it's a shithole. It's it's just not taken care of. There's no anything like you can tell. There's there's no public works. The sidewalks are cracking, all that sort of stuff. But then right across the street is like a rich, but there's not that much crime. Like I don't get it. Like they just don't cross the street. And and that was kind of my point. It's like why yeah. are we allowed to leave packages? Literally, like, why don't they just cross the street? There's a force field. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't don't live in that world, so I don't know. I, I, like, if I was a package stealer, like, I would have just walked across the street and taken the package. And that's, I bring that up all the time because I always, I always laugh about it because I show people, I'm like, all right, look here and then look there. And I was like, but nobody robs people over there. Like, they don't go over there. I don't get it why they don't. Like, Like, why are you robbing the other within two blocks? And and there's tons of crime on this other side. There is so much. It's the west side of Chicago, it's one of the worst areas in the world in terms of like crime and murders and all that sort of stuff. And then like uh, literally two blocks away is like this affluent, you know, suburb and they just, there's never crime in this affluent suburb. I don't get so it. Like, if, I don't if you're, know why. They... If you're a criminal 
Why are you robbing the poor guy? Go rob the rich That's guy down I've the street. I've seen. I rich. I, I I drive by and watch them robbing. So I've seen it many times in my drive because it's the best way for me to get to Chicago is go through this bad neighborhood, which isn't always the best or whatever. But sometimes I just do it, and I've seen that stuff happen. And it's just like, guys, like two blocks away, there's like a really nice mansion that I'm sure they're like, I'm sure they're gone for like five weeks at a time on vacation. Just go there. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, man, it's very weird. I, I don't get it. It's it's. And I should state that Oak Park, the town I live in, is actually very uh, – it, it's actually well known as, as being one of the most diverse areas. But if there's uh, – that, that side of uh, of the other side when it starts Chicago, it's nothing. It's just garbage at that point. Like it, it's just not taken care of, just a joke. So kind of sucks. More murders in Chicago this year than any other city in America once again. Yep. Go us. Retaining yeah. that title. Yeah. We uh... – Few years running. It's it's quite the uh, Chicago street fights with the jeans and the knee pads. Yeah, we're we're very proud of that uh, distinction, and and a lot of them happen like within uh, like seven blocks of me. So that's pretty cool. And I, I live in a great neighborhood. I'm right next to Ernest Hemingway's birthplace. It's two houses away from me, but you know. Have you ever been in a Chicago street fight? Um, I think you've asked me this many times. Uh, not really. No. We have many new listeners, Rich. They, that's they, true. They, right. they would like to know if you've ever been in a Chicago. Street I get fight. taped up. I get all ready. I get the jeans and the boots. I get the, 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 the wrist tape going, eh. and then it just it, it doesn't really work out. Then we just kind of you call up Barry Windham to join you mm-hmm. at your side, and uh, you just the road warriors are there already. They're just kind of always there. But then the Andersons never show up. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, oh, all right, let's just go home and watch the terrible White Sox. So. Comet TV. So, of course, <laughs> digital uh, going to be a little weird for digital. This doesn't really affect uh, in terms of other Sinclair stuff. So I think that's the biggest point that I've sort of thought of is like, OK, look, they're basically in a lot of ways. They're kind of at where they were before this Destination America thing happened, which is fine. They were doing OK then. And that's the big difference between and we'll talk about TNA here in a little bit, is that TNA doesn't have that backbone uh, of Sinclair and these these millions of homes that they're always in or whatever. They don't have that. Ring of Honor has that. It, it's whatever the extra stuff is. Destination America is the cherry on top. That It's a little nice to have some more people watch it. A little bit easier for people in different markets like myself to see it or whatever. That's what Destination America was. They can now see it a little bit. I, I get Comet, but I have to go through those means to do it every single time or, or at least the one time. I know how to do it. There are going to be a lot of people that aren't going to do it. People are just going to assume that they're off the air. They're not in Destination America anymore, and they're done. But it's not the end of Ring of Honor. They still have the Sinclair. They still have the live touring. They still have all the stuff that they do. Ring of Honor is going to be fine. There was a lot of weird overreactions to this. Um, Here's the thing about the Ring of Honor move. First of all, the network is 19 days old like we already mentioned. These 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 upstart small cable networks they all start like this with nobody having access to them. It's 19 days old. It's a Sinclair entity, so they're moving one of their properties to one of their own entities. We knew from the start that the Destination America thing was probably going to be a short-term thing, and as we now know and have more details on, it was really Destination America sticking it to TNA after the Dixie email. Um, you know, and, and and those are things that we've been told. You know from people so you know what, what do you think about that uh not to get off course a little bit to me that's not really the best idea if you want to stick it to a company is by bringing more wrestling fans on another channel well, the idea was it would split the, the viewership yeah i don't know if i necessarily agree with that either though i don't agree with that either. because i kind of think it would it would bring okay so you have the tna people watching the tna show right tna fans and maybe that as we know there's a lot of people who ignore tna but maybe they like ring of honor and that brings them to the destination america i know i watch i know i watch way more tna than i ever did when ring because of honor because of ring of honor, honor right 
yeah, I had it on and it would in the background and then it would sort of transition into TNA and I'll go, eh, yeah, all right. And I'll, I'd watch TNA for an hour or whatever. Right. And, but I, I'm sure I'm not alone in that. But do you think, well, and do this, we haven't been, we, we were tracking the, the, uh, ratings I have not been following. We haven't yeah, been I, doing I, it. It was the, the, you know, the Wednesday night wars. That was something we were doing every week, sort of ironically, but you know, that was newsworthy as well. But I mean, do you think there were some people who were TNA viewers and then when Ring of Honor hit, they said, wow, this is significantly better. I only have so many hours in the day to watch wrestling. I'm just going to watch this instead. I don't know if there's statistics that back that up. I don't know if that's the case. Here's what I do know about Ring of Honor and Destination America. I think three of their four most viewed shows were shows that had heavy New Japan involvement. And we talked about that briefly on some of our other shows. And I think that shows that really – at the low viewership totals that they were doing – look, when you're doing 150,000 viewers, that's nothing. And when you're talking about 150,000 to 200,000 viewers anywhere in that range, um, something like New Japan, which you know wouldn't have any kind of impact when you're doing 3 million viewers a week. But percentage-wise, uh, something that is, is popular with, with, with niche fans like New Japan can make a, a huge percentage a difference percentage-wise when your numbers are that small to begin with. So I think it makes sense – that the New Japan episodes did better than their standard, you know, run of the right. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, it, it, th- th- there is some validity to that, and I think the statistics uh, bear that out. But um, I, I don't know if people abandoned TNA to jump on Ring of. I, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I don't know if there was much cross viewership at all. I, mean, I don't either. I feel like TNA fans are kind of TNA fans, and yeah. I think in our interaction in our interactions with them, I've always kind of felt that as well. I'm sure there are some fringe ones here and there that are that are, are you know just general wrestling fan but i i've always felt in interacting with tna fans personally that they are guys that love that they love the fact that it's not wwe is one of their biggest things i i, I really don't think that they saw you know jay lethal cut a promo and went whoa this is what i really want to be or whatever i mean if they're big tna fans they would already know jay lethal you know a, a briscoes we'll say the briscoes they saw the briscoes and said yep this is i now love this i i don't know they're they're a weird breed man i don't i really I, I, I don't see that, but it's possible. I mean, I, I at least get it from Destination America's standpoint of what they tried to do. I would have not done that. I would have probably said, hey, if you want to really stick it to them, change their time, put them on a different, you know, stuff that they kind of did, but not bring another wrestling show to the same network. But it was kind of symbolic, that. too, though. It was kind of them saying, you know what? Fuck you. We're going to put another wrestling show. Oh, it was like almost immediate, too. Remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a few weeks later, like, hey, here's our new – but what was, what was always weird about that deal, though, is they never really promoted Ring of Honor all that much. We, we talked about it when Ring of Honor was first on there. All the bugs said, that, uh, you know, Impact Wrestling next, this next. You know, Impact Wrestling's on now. Impact Wrestling's coming up soon. Like, it never said anything about Ring of Honor, so it was kind of odd in that sense, but yeah. That's the thing. That's why I kind of feel like Ring of Honor thought, all right, you know, we'll get 100,000 extra viewers a week for six months, and and why wouldn't we do this? You know what I mean? It's, it's like free exposure, and – um, you know, and we'll throw it. Well, out. Like you said, if, even if they weren't getting paid, even if Destiny of America said, "Hey, you want to come on the network?" and they would go, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> you know, who cares? All, yeah, sure. By all accounts, they weren't getting paid. You know, and, and exact, and, and we, and, and they didn't change the TV either. And that's another thing that was pretty telling too, because people were like, "Oh, now you got to get new lighting. You got to do this. You got to do that." They basically went exactly how they were going to do stuff anyway. Say, showed the same shows that they were going to show on Sinclair anyway. Didn't change a thing. Just basically said, "Yeah, all right." And that that indicated to me that it it was something that was just kind of not going to be something long term. And that yeah, it and was. Either just, side uh, cared about a whole lot. It, exactly. It was yeah. Just you know, and and they were giving them an old. They were giving them. A, they weren't even giving them a first run show. It was a show that was five right. days old or whatever. So you know, it, it's like now look, short term. This is a short term 
hit for Ring of Honor because they're going to have 150,000 less eyes on their on their on their programming every week. But the thing about it is in a year, a year and a half, two years, if you know when Comet starts getting picked up by, you know, Time Warner, DirecTV, Dish Network, I wouldn't be shocked if they have if they're in just as many households or uh, you know, um fractionally less households and Destination America is a big time network. So it's like, you know, long term it might end up being a wash. You know what I mean? And from Sinclair's perspective, you rather have your own entity on your own network. You know right. what I mean? It's 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 for synergy and everything else. There's nothing but like it, it, you can look at it this way. Like you said, there's there's a hundred less or whatever. But if we really just think of that as sort of this fleeting thing that was kind of fun or whatever, and not really hyper focus on on you know it, they're kind of back to where they were at the beginning of the year, which was still very they, fun. People were still talking about them as a promotion of the year, even at the beginning of yes, the year. That they was had, still they had growing their business like crazy. So growth and forward momentum before they yeah. were on Destination America. So that I mean, at worst, they're basically where they it's, were then. It's pretty much a wash. Yeah, and I think that there's 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 room for positivity in that as well. So it, it's 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 to them it's a pretty good thing. I mean, it's a long term move. Exactly. Short term, I think the best thing is win, but it, like yeah. well, it's a long term move for Sinclair. Yeah, to see how it works out. Yeah, and see if that network and maybe the problem is why are you putting it on midnight? Yeah, I don't get that at all. But at the same time, Rich, no one's going to be watching this. It's wrestling. Yeah, I guess it, I mean, that's bubble. No one's going to be. Wa- no one knows how to get the channel <laughs> it's gonna be fun so I, I can't wait for that first week when like wait a minute i went to because there were people that were like like I, I was i was also looking at other mentions too like even ring of honors mentions because they they at one point they said hey go to comets website to see where you can get this network and people are like no the site doesn't work it gave me like 42.1 or whatever that can't be or like 42.3 what the fuck is that or whatever and i was just like oh boy like there's gonna be a long learning curve here because like this, no one understands or knows what this shit is i mean this no. is like the old days when you had VHF and UHF and it's like that even predates us like I don't remember that shit like I grew up with cable that's how I that's actually how I got Ring of Honor or, or uh, oh, ECW. ECW that's my, right yeah my parents at the uh, they had an upstairs TV and it had it was one of those it was like this was this upstairs room that we had that nobody ever went into it was like storage or basically and one day I went up there I think I was cleaning or doing I, I don't know what the hell I was doing but I was like fucking around or whatever on the UHF and I got to some Gary Indiana channel it was like 44 or whatever I, I don't even know what the hell it was or whatever and, you know, I left it on and I went and did something else. And I came back up and then fucking wrestling was on. I was like, what the hell? And like, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, and especially being ECW. And I think it was like 1997. Like, dude, I like lowered the volume and was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be. Like, I thought I was watching porn, you know, because I, I, at that time I was a big, you know, Channel 95 scrambled uh, pay-per-view guy. Were, Not porn. were we all? Yeah, exactly. So I was just like, oh, I don't think I'm supposed to get this. So I thought it was like some. You know, like now, do you ever do that now when you go through your cable thing and you look up like wrestling and it's like wrestling's bloodiest brawls or whatever on pay-per-view? I don't know what the fuck those are. I, I don't them? know what they are either and I don't know what the footage is. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, they're like nine ninety-five. I think I'm going to yeah, buy who buys just those? What are those? I'm, I'm curious what it is. Like what was it? What, is it someone who just bought like some dead indies tape library? I, I have That's, no idea I've always kind of wondered. I almost need to throw 10 bucks at it to That's see if it's I just mean, like yeah. – maybe it's like FMW and like they have like really good FMW tape. You know, it could be. Like, I mean, who like, knows? You know, it's very possible. I don't know what the It could just be a backyard guy who's like hitting each other with staples Puerto Rican like territory yeah. stuff. I have no idea what it is. But um, – There's always a weird – there's a weird women's one that always comes up in mind too. That's probably – border yeah that's order. that might be customs yeah, yeah i mean that could be something creepy i'm not gonna throw 999 on that one just in case but maybe no, wrestling's not when i have oh. hey listen i have the good hardcore stuff for free right on my laptop you know what i'm mean? right There's, you know okay. i don't i don't see the point in watching leva bates you know do creepy customs that doesn't i don't you know yeah, but um bizarre. 
Yeah, I, that was a discovery I wish I didn't make. <laughs> yeah, that was I. Yeah, that was. Oh, man, bizarre stuff. But uh, but yeah, so the, 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 uh, it's like, you know, it reminds me of the old VHF, UHF days with the turn dial TVs. It's like no one knows how to access this digital fucking shit, these hidden digital channels. So, I mean, you know, like literally no one is going to be watching it on this channel, especially airing at midnight, too, because the only people who would watch this sort of thing are like senior citizens that don't have cable. And it's like it's not even going to be like poor college kids that don't have cable because those people don't have tvs either they watch everything on the internet on their computers and their la and their and their tablets and shit right they're not about to get by an indoor antenna so that they can no so pull in comet tv yeah that's so the only people watching comet tv are like senior citizens and people like that who grew up with antennas and are used to right. not having cable or like my parents who love me tv which is a network that we have here that plays like old 50s shows and like bonanza and stuff like that they love that channel. yeah bonanza so Gunsmoke, uh um yeah all the yeah yeah i'm familiar with that the me tv Dragnet, I'll throw some Dragnet on yes, there every so often. Sixties <laughs> and you know, use a lot of sixties stuff on MeTV. Yeah, but it's like, oh, you guys get MeTV too? Okay, I wasn't sure if that was local to, because a lot of those digital channels are local. That's that's another thing that's going to be weird about Comet too. That people sort of well, MeTV, it's, it's going to be bizarre. Yeah, the thing about MeTV though is some cable companies have picked it up because mm. I know when I used to do business in Corpus Christi, all the hotels had MeTV as part of the cable package. I don't okay. get it on DirecTV, but there's certain places. Texas, I know they have it on their cable package. Like it'll be like, you know, channel like you know by the other networks, it'll be like channel eleven or channel thirteen or you know what I mean. And the lo a local affiliate will be a MeTV affiliate is what I'm trying to get at. So, um, but yeah, so that's what you see, and that that's what I'm saying. Like this this comet thing is eventually going to grow and get picked up. I mean, so right now it's an absolute non-entity though. But but the thing is, too, Ring of Honor always had look the backbone of their existence have been the Sinclair syndicate is the syndicated Sinclair channels. Yeah. You know, the, the, the destination America thing was a bonus, um, a short term bonus. The, their backbone is still there. So it's right. Just, and they also sell tickets to shows, which is another thing too, that, that helps. I absolutely. And I mean, and you, and you could really trace all the growth that they had to the Sinclair clearances. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right in my backyard. I mean, San Antonio is a great example. San Antonio was obviously never a ring of honor market at all. As soon as San Antonio got the Ring of Honor TV, they started running shows here, and I've been to every single one of them. They did 400, they did 600, they did 800, they did 9, and now they just did, you know, whatever yep. it was for the pay-per-view, 1500 or whatever it was. So steady growth because, you know, they've got the TV on Sinclair. And, 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 and the one observation that, that was very obvious at the pay-per-view because of when, you know, like we talked about, when All Night Express came out and nobody knew who they were. Right. Who are these guys? And that's Because yeah. these were Sinclair-era fans. They didn't they had no no concept of the Ring of Honor product prior to Sinclair. So there you go. Now move on to the other side. So uh, officially, as of today, Destination America is out of the pro wrestling business because TNA is moving to Pop TV, which is your former TV Guide channel. So you all have it. You might not know you have it, but you all have it. It's the former TV Guide channel. Um, a little bit of stuff uh, here. I'll read kind of the press release and, and, and details here. Uh, TNA announced Thursday morning that it has signed a deal with Pop TV for Impact, which will start on the station January 5th, 2016, in a Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. time slot. Dixie Carter announced the news on Twitter, stating that they are now a station that reaches 85 homes. Uh, it is an upgrade. Um, this is Dave uh, adding some of his stuff. Dave Meltzer from Wrestling Observer says it's closer to 75, but it's way more than the 57 million that they were getting for Destination America. So they are getting to more channels. Uh, one other thing that was kind of interesting as well before we give our thoughts uh, on this and what it means for TNA, uh, Gary Kidney, our, our ever-present <laughs> ever uh, Impact reviewer, had a great little tweet that, that basically went over the TV history of, of TNA 
and how many days they've been switched and moved and all this sort of stuff. And I, I, I don't even remember half these switches, too. That's the funny part of it. So he put here, started on Friday, moved to Saturday, to Thursday, to Monday, to Thursday, to Wednesday, to Friday, to Wednesday, and now Tuesday. Is that, Can you imagine? Is that every day of the week? Uh, not Sunday. Never Sunday. So no Sunday. They used to run some stuff on Sundays, but now they don't run anything on Sundays. I'm sure Explosion <laughs> aired on Sunday at some point. Um, oh, that's true. That's yeah, else. yeah. That's something else. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot of movies. Friday, Saturday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday, Tuesday. Jeez. That's... But yeah, the um, here's the thing about pop TV. It's in more households than Destination America, but the thing about pop TV is the only reason it's in so many households is because it rebranded. Right. It was the it was the friggin' it was a Barker channel. It was, yeah, it was the, the free for all. You, you watched a free for all on it, I'm sure. You watched uh, Bobby Heenan tell you to buy the, the WWE TV guy yeah. channel. Yeah. So, so CBS, who I think owns it, yeah, it's CBS and Lionsgate. Yeah. So they just came re- together. To buy so it. what happened was they rebranded it as a network that was, you know, actually going to air things instead of just telling you what's on, which became obsolete because everybody now has that button on their remote that right. says guide and you press the button and you can cycle through all your channels. So, you know, the idea of a guide channel, which was very rich. I don't know. Oh, it was great. I used to watch, I used to spend so much time on that damn channel. Do you, do you remember back in the day when you had, when, when guide channels were functional and it, oh, would, God, yes. and it would scroll so slowly and you're like, God, just get to HBO already. Right. And but you like missed it. Yeah. yeah. And you would ever, and, and like, you'd be like, like fuck, <laughs> you change it real quick to go back to whatever. And then you'd forget and you'd go back and you'd, and it would, you'd always miss what you were waiting for. Oh by, yeah. Oh yeah. By, I, I was by, still like, alive two channels. And then you'd have to mm-hmm. wait again for the fucking thing. To come or it'd back. be like the bottom of the text and you couldn't really make it out what it was. You're like, ah, it's a G, but I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very frustrating, but that became obsolete. So they rebranded as pop TV. So the reason they're in so many homes is almost accidental. It's because they were there already and then just happened to rebrand. If they were starting from scratch, they would not be in 75 million homes. It would take time to – so what I'm getting at is everyone has it, but nobody watches it. You know what I mean? Because it's like it, it, it doesn't have an established base of people. It didn't, it, it didn't get in all of these homes because cable companies thought it was this hot channel that they had to have. It was already there, and it simply got rebranded. So that's why, you know, okay, sure. I'm not, I'm not positive that this is going to improve their viewership by anything substantial. This is not going to be any kind of difference maker. It's definitely not going to be a game changer because it's still a very weak network. I don't even think it's going to be any kind of a difference maker in terms of total viewers, not in my opinion. I, I, you know, maybe I'm selling low on this pop TV. I just don't think that. You know, it, it's the kind of channel where, you know, people are going to find it any more easily than they did with Destination America. Right. And especially when you talk about a new, a new night, a new channel, all that sort of stuff. They, they've almost every time they've done this, they've lost people. People get they turn on their. De- I mean, we, we talked about it with Spike TV. People probably turned on Spike and went, huh, I don't know where Impact is. And then said, oh, all right, and moved on. I, and said, no oh, question maybe, that that's happened. maybe it got canceled. And then, you know, maybe they're same, there's probably going to be some people on Destination America. You're going to get your hardcores that are going to definitely do it. But there's probably going to be people that maybe jumped in from Destination America. They're going to turn it on. on whatever Wednesday at eight or whatever the hell they were on or I think it was Wednesday at eight I was watching on like DVR or not DVR on demand because I'm a cheap ass but um 
I would always, you, you know, and, and they probably are going to turn on and go, huh, no, okay, I guess it's gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because, you know, they have a little bit more time to promote it, but we don't know what the contract said. We have no idea if they're allowed to say, hey, we're going to be on Pop TV. But they did that even with Spike, I think, a little bit, um, if I remember correctly. Or did they? No, they didn't have a chance to do that with Spike. I, I don't recall, I don't but they're going to lose people. Who cares? It they doesn't lost matter. A, they lost lose. almost a million viewers. when they Exactly. They're going to lose a ton of people by, by moving it over. And, and this, I don't know how many people are left at this point. Like that are in terms of like the super hardcores. Like I, I don't I, I don't know the number on that. Those people will probably know it, but you're gonna lose a percentage. I I, I don't doubt that there are gonna be a percent that just thought it was on Destination America, can't find it, don't want to bother going on the website or looking for where it is, and just kind of go, okay, well, whatever. I almost feel like it would have been better to be on WGN America, even though they have slightly less, even though they're in slightly less homes than pop. Because I look and I don't have stats to back this up. But I almost I feel like more people watch Destination. Uh, I'm sorry, WGN America than watch Pop TV. Yeah. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, sure. but I, I I feel like it's 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 a more of a known entity. Um, you know, WGN America. I know you know I get Cubs games on there sometimes, mm-hmm. White Sox games on there sometimes, and you know you could advertise the shit out of something like wrestling during Bulls games, Cubs games, White Sox games, things like that. Um, now, do I now? Am I getting that stuff on WGN America, or do I happen to have? You might. I think you might have. I the might have w- WGN because pro- that's what WGN America is meant for. Because everybody used to get WGN, like it was like TBS, it was a super station. So everybody, and it, no matter where you were, you were able to watch Cubs games and, and White Sox games. I and might the be, I may be giving bat. Let me see what. Which- yeah, no, I think we talked about this before, or maybe we talked off air about this once. Because I think you were looking. Oh, you were looking for a Reds Cubs game, and I said, "Hey, try you know your WGN channel because it's on there right now." No, I think that's what WGN America was made for. Then is to to have these teams or have these other areas have this network, but not be forced to watch Chicago sports. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let me see which one I have. But um, so I could be given bad information. So I because sh- I can, I'll, I'll fire mine up, and then you can. Uh, Right, 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 right. We can compare and contrast. It's in a. I'll tell you what, Destination America. Well, you'll have Chicago news right now, so that'll be a good way to tell. Destination America is 286 on Directv. It's in a better spot than um, than WGN, which I mean, it has and WGN has more households. Mm-hmm. All right, and I I'll, have okay. It's 307 on Directv. I have WGN America, so maybe I don't get the games because okay. I they're airing America's Funniest Home Video right now. Okay, yeah, I'm watching uh, WGN Chicago News. So okay, yeah, so you've got WGN proper because mm-hmm. that's a Chicago network, so uh, that makes sense. So yeah, anyway, so it's greatest network. Disregard everything I just said about piggybacking <laughs> off of Cubs games, but um, you know, I I, I I feel like it's a higher profile now. And look, the difference was negligible. I think Pop TV has like what five million more households than people know what the fuck DG or, or WGN is. Yeah, no one knows about. Nobody TV. has any fucking clue what Pop TV is. So that there, there's perception is, is something as well. Perception is is very big in branding and, and marketing and that sort of. I think with TNA, I mean, it's just, they're just lucky to be alive. That, that's yeah, that's long and the short of it. So people, if, if you're thinking, oh, well, you're you're you know you're crediting Ring of Honor for being on a nothing network and you're bashing TNA or whatever, the big difference is, and we we said that is Ring of Honor had a backbone that they they can rely on. They have the Sinclair stuff. They have those networks. They sell tickets to shows. They sell pay per views. They sell merchandise. They sell live events. They sell you know they have that sort of stuff. So yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> I mean, that, this is it. Like this was it was do or die for TNA, and you know they're just gonna hang on by a string until there's nothing left. I mean they're gonna be stubborn. Who's on terrible. this roster anymore? Like I, I just I don't know how these are even gonna look. Like I, I, I get it to them for being persistent or whatever, but this would almost be where I would go. You know what, guys? We're, it, it's because there's been reports. We don't know exactly. There were reports that they paid for this or whatever, and then other people say no, they didn't pay for this. This it, it doesn't matter. Regardless, how much money are they honestly getting in a perfect world? If, even, if they're getting paid for this, it's gonna be look. It's like we said, 
it, it they're progressive. They're not going to sign fifteen guys now tomorrow. They're going to get you know. progressively worse deals with every move that they make, because they didn't produce. Not only did they not produce zero leverage. Yeah. Not only did they <laughs> not produce for Destination America, but now they have a bad reputation in the television industry because of how they dealt with Destination America and Spike, for that matter, lying to Spike about Vince Russo, <laughs> and then just being completely unprofessional with Destination America. You know, it's like people don't want to do business with them. So they're going to get worse and worse deals everywhere they go. And it's like, you know, we joked about it before when they got canceled. But it's like their next move is public access. You know, their next move is Comet TV. I mean, let's face it. I mean, they, 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 it's just it's and, and their their money deals are just going to be worse and worse. I, I, I'm very curious to see what kind of deal they got. It's, yeah, and I'm, I'm very curious what the promotion even looks like, you know, after January or whatever, because we, we've seen a bunch of new names, you know, leave the company. I know, I know Brooke um, said she was out, and she's been one of the backbones of that the, the knockouts division for a long time, and been really good as well. I think you mentioned it. We've mentioned it numerous times before. If WWE doesn't call her and at least see some interest and see what she's into, I mean, Brooke has really improved. If you don't watch TNA and you're like, ah, that's Brooke from, you know, WWE, that old, she can't. I, I, she's really good at this point. I would look. She's improved a lot um, by 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 female wrestler standards. She's 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 good. I'd call her good. Yes, she's to the point where she's good. Um, she she has improved, and and I I praise her. I you know I I've given up on Impact. I finally tapped out. Did you? Okay. But yeah. when when I was watching, I was watching every week. I was actually watching Impact more consistently than Raw, because the three hour Raws is just you know I fast forward so much of it. I was watching impacts like wall to wall on Destination America for whatever reason. Um, just you know when it was on, I happened to be home on Wednesdays, whatever. She's very improved, bro. Brooke. I'm telling you, she she she's better than a lot of the WWE women right now. And, oh, absolutely. No she'd be middle of the pack mm-hmm. because about half of them are better, and she's better than half of them. Um, you know, and if people were paying attention, she'd be getting similar praise as Nikki Bella for the improvements that she's made, but no one pays attention. Yeah, no one's watching. So that's... But, but yeah, she's she's someone else who left. And um, yeah, I mean, they, they just don't have much of a roster left. And yeah, they're an indie. They're an indie is what they are. They, you know, they're an, they're just they're an independent. You know, they're, they're just they use they, they're paying people by appearance. And, um, you know, it's it's I don't know. They're just hanging by a thread. It's just, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if um, in terms of like ad rates or what they're going to sell or what they're going to be able to sell with Pop and all that sort of stuff. So that's that'll be, be interesting to see. But uh, that's the company that keeps on moving. So Gary Kidney will have to, I said on uh, Twitter, he'll have to close the – he has a Google Doc. I, I've seen it. It's a death of TNA Google Doc that he's, he's ready to go when it happens but for another day. But he has another chapter, so that's good. I did joke with him that it's going to have to become a book now, and I think he agrees as well. So, <laughs> like that guy has to write a book on TNA. If anyone right? could write the book. If anyone should write the book, it should be him. Because he was like, oh, "I'll do a big blog post," and I was like, "I don't know, dude. You, <laughs> you of all people, can you could put three hundred pages together uh, about time, TNA? Like, if he had the time and he had the motivation, he could legitimately write the book mm-hmm. on TNA. He could do it. So." You know, I don't know if that's something, you know, he's a good enough writer to do it. We'll bother him to do it because I think if enough people bother him, maybe he will do it. Well, we need because I've done we it. Need them to fold. I we need him. them to fold already so he can have the final chapter. That's the thing. He keeps going, he keeps writing it. It keeps getting longer. It's, it's, it's going to be 500 pages by the time it does it. It's just, it's, I'll give him that. Like, from, for a company standpoint of like, just hang, can you even think of another wrestling company that has hung on to death this long? Uh, AWA got real ugly. Vern Gagne was kind of stubborn. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like, how many years are we talking about where they got real bad? Because of course they had like the Turkey Bowl era and the, the pink, you know, the pink wall era, team, whatever the team hell. Challenge series bottomed <laughs> right. out. Um, I mean, the Team Challenge series got so bad that guys were leaving in the middle of it, and then the captains started. <laughs> there were three teams, and like Slaughter went back to WWF to do the Iraqi yeah. sympathizer thing, and like um, I don't think I think Zabisco went went. To, uh, WCW, like all of the captains left. So you had teams like in the team challenge series and their captains were like, like slaughters, like WWF champion and slaughters marauders. Don't ask me how I remember that is still like in the team challenge series. <laughs> right. The team challenge thing went on forever. And it was Baron's blitzers with Baron Von Raschke and it was Larry's yeah, yeah. legends. Okay. And, and, and I think Baron Von Raschke was the only guy who stuck it out. He might not even have stuck it out to the end. But like the team members were leaving team and then they were just moving team members around and then the captains were leaving. And on top of that, there was nobody at the shows. I mean, they were drawn. Well, that's where they were taping in like a, a soundstage. It was like a, I remember the, there were pink walls, right? There was I'm a, trying to remember back I to the videos. It's the, like the most it's like the ugliest room ever. And there's like eight people there. See, I don't know if the pink wall era was the same era as the team challenge series. I don't remember. Okay. There was a pink wall era for sure. Um, I don't know if it was the same era, but I mean, by the end, it was just like uh, Johnny Stewart, Buck Zumhoff, uh, the Trooper, DJ Peterson. The Trooper eventually left. Uh, the Trooper and DJ. When the Trooper leaves, you know it's over. <laughs> like it's. Well, I mean, you know, he he did the Patriot thing and went. To, you know, yeah, he right, started right. touring all Japan, and um, you know, uh, many years later went to WWE. But um, oh, he did WCW. I mean, he was teaming with Marcus Bagwell, right? Like they were the Patriots or whatever. And uh, so he. Left. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, the Trooper and DJ Peterson, they were the last tag team champions, and I think when the Trooper left, they just abandoned the titles. Um. Some of these, these timelines might be a little off, but, um, you know, and then Zabisco, I, did, did Zabisco leave his champion? I, he may have left his champion. Ooh, I think that's right. Yeah. Again, like I, I, I don't want to Google it as we're kind of speaking because that's not. Fun yeah. For anybody. And, and, I, I, I seem to remember something like that happening and I, I have no idea what they did to, <laughs> to solve that issue. Let's actually let's I, I'm actually I'll, 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 I could talk you through it. I mean, because I, I mean. I know the title, I'm the, up title, to see. the title was vacant. You were living it at the time. I was not living it. I was. It and I, it, I was not three years old watching my AW8s. They were on ESPN for many, you know, many years. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even the dying days were on ESPN. So All right, here you go. So um Larry Sabisco won the title at Super Clash 4. No, and hold on now. I he won at Battle Royal, correct? Uh that I don't know. Wait, no, no. Oh, yes, he did. And, but... and the final man eliminated was Tom Zenk. No, but he did win that. You are correct. Yes. With that. But there was another champion in between that. What do you mean in between? There was a there was Zabisco, and then somebody else won the title, and then Zabisco got it back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He lost to um. Oh shit! It's it's a it's an offbeat, strange title switch too. Um. I. I would I I would be able to think of this, but let's not bore people. Who was it? Mr. Saito. Yes, Mr. Saito, and then, so he won it back now. Did he ever officially vacate it, or did they kind yeah, of... Yeah, so here, here it is. Um, a title stripped when Zabisco left uh, the inactive AWA for WCW. Okay, so it was inactive at the point when he left. Right, right. This is December 12th, 1990. Uh, official kayfabe reason is that Zabisco refused to defend the title on a tour of Japan. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated withdrew recognition of the World Championship status January 1991. The vacant title was from this point recognized as only the AWA Championship, and then the title was retired in 1991 and as nobody well. Nobody won it after that. 
I don't believe so. Yeah, right. I don't know what this AWA championship was. I don't know if that also got. I I don't think he ran many more shows. I think that was just it. Yeah, I thought that was Nobody it too. Won, because Abisko by '91 was like you know doing was back in WCW. Dangerous Alliance wasn't much longer after that. But um, you know by the end that's what the crew was. It was like you know Johnny Stewart, Buck Zumhoff, DJ Peterson. Um, uh, uh, oh man, uh, like Jake Milliman. Jake Milliman was one of the guys who stuck I don't around. Know if I knew who that is. <laughs> Jake the Milkman Milliman, Rich, who, you okay. know, like Zoomhoff was a WWE. <laughs> like Buck Zoomhoff was. Like anytime you say like Buck Zoomhoff, I have a word. No, I don't mean word. in the sense of, of fucking his own daughter, but. Oh, okay. All right. Good. I mean, in the sense of being a WWE television jobber when they would go to that part of the country and then at the same time. Because Vern's crew – and now look, those guys were jobbers for Vern too. They were un, they were prelim guys. But he had to start pushing those people because he had nobody left. So guys like Buck Zumoff and Jake Milliman started getting pushes at the end. I mean it was a really embarrassing situation. The destruction crew, they obviously you know left before it all ended and they did – first they did the Minnesota Wrecking Crew thing in WCW. And then, of course, they became the Beverly Brothers. In, in WWE, uh, you know, shortly after. So, um, you know, I'm curious if you can pull up one of the final AWA shows. Yeah, let's see. see some of who these other names were. Sure, and they right. were probably in some dingy high school in Minnesota somewhere at that point. I mean, or, you know, uh, VFW halls. And, and it, it was very ugly at the end. Very ugly. Yeah, let's see. I'm firing up cage match. It's loading a little slow, so. Keep talking. So, <laughs> talk about something. Those are the only we can't change topics. We have to talk about AWA until I figure this out. So. Yeah. So, I mean, and then maybe maybe we could uh, – I don't know if Cage Match will have the Team Challenge Series teams, but, you know, that was a mess. I'm sure I can find those if I need to. Uh-huh. Um, so, I, yeah, I think they ran if – I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they were running high schools at the very end. And I'm, 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 I wonder why they never bothered to fill. see. I'm thinking they might not have even have ran another show after Zabisco left. That might have just been, he might have just stuck it out to the very, very end, and then they just didn't run any more shows. What? So you want a TV taping or you want a live event? What, what was the final show on record? Let's look at that. Uh, the final show on record, of course, it was that weird like AWA All Star Wrestling thing. Oh, that doesn't that. count. I mean, AWA yeah, probably. that's we're not going to count that one. The last one was uh, May third, nineteen ninety one. All right. You want know the card here? Yeah, yeah. Bloomington, Minnesota at Kennedy High School. There you go. Oh, boy. Not a stat card here. All right. Uh, the singles match, uh, the Karate Kid versus Tokyo Joe. Are those midgets? How much do I want to bet that none of those guys were Japanese or knew karate or anything? Is that a midget match? I have no idea. I don't know anything about Tokyo Joe. Buck Zumoff versus Johnny Love. There you go. I don't know anything about Johnny Love. I don't either. He doesn't have a cage match. So uh, Ricky Rice versus Steve-O. Ricky Rice. There's a guy I forgot. Yeah. Steve-O's got a great mustache, too. He looks... See, some, about some of these guys, like these opponents that we're not familiar with, were probably just local indie guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, you know. Larry Cameron versus Tommy Jammer. That's your, that's your semi-main. There you go. I mean, those are two got named guys that they were using. I mean... Larry Cameron died shortly thereafter, probably 92 or 93, I'm thinking. All right, and then your main event. So that's, that's, that's it. You paid your hard-earned dollars, and that's what you got. Uh, Greg Gagne, Wahoo McDaniel versus the Destruction Crew, Mike Enos, Wayne Bloom. Oh, so Enos and Bloom lasted the whole way. Yep, there, until the May until 91. The they were the main event of the final show. And, of course, Greg. Let's look at this TV taping. Let's look at this TV taping here real quick. Right. Okay, so this gives you a little bit better idea. In terms of, uh, of the timeline or whatnot. So this is at the Mayo Civic Center in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, Battle Royal was well won by your boy, Jake Milliman. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the vacant AWA World Light Heavyweight title was Buck Zumoff versus Johnny Stewart. Yep. AWA World Tag Team title was the Destruction Crew uh, versus DJ Peterson and the Trooper. That was the title change? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that was. I'd assume so. I don't think this was the last TV taping they ever did. So. Well, Peterson and the Trooper, without question, were the final champions. That must have okay, been Okay, so that must change. have been. There's no results here. I, I have no idea. Oh. Uh, oh, there is results. Let me, uh, let me fire that up. I just clicked card. Uh, yeah, title. Oh, okay. So Buck Zumoff won the uh, light heavyweight title, and then DJ Peterson, the Trooper, won the tag titles, and then your main events: uh, Larry Zabisco, the champion, versus Harley Race, double countout. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what? I asked people if there was footage of that since it was a uh, TV taping on Twitter uh, a couple months ago because I, 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 I'm curious. I would like to see that match because that was after Harley Race left WWE and before he went back to WCW. He did mm-hmm. a couple shots for AWA, and they people tell me that that match is floating around. We know it's on tape, obviously, because it was a TV taping. So Zabisco left, I guess, after that show when the writing was on the wall. Well, no, actually, I'm, I'm looking here. There's actually another uh, August 1999 uh, main event. 99. Brian, or 1990, oh. sorry. <laughs> Hanging on to the last thing. This is a hell of a imagine <laughs> coming to the show. <laughs> God. Here are your results. I'm sure there's like a bunch of jobber matches that aren't listed here, but um, here's the ones that aren't listed. Uh, Wahoo, Wahoo McDaniel defeats Manny Fernandez by countout. Nobody wanted to do the job here. So this was uh, about, next, this was about eight months earlier, August. Yeah, yeah. Ivan Koloff versus Ken Patera, double countout. I apologize. So, I so now, guys, now guys are just refusing to do jobs. <laughs> right. And then your main event, Brian Blair defeats Larry Sabisco. By disqualification, so he didn't win the title. So you got a count out, a double DQ, and a, or a double count out, a count out, and then. So then we didn't run until God. So it was August of 1990, and then we didn't run until May of 1991. And at this point, that's a card that I told you before, where it's yeah. like Karate Kid, Little Tokyo, these guys that are just like local guys, more than likely. Yeah. You know, and then Bear Von Raschke, Wahoo McDaniel, and the Destruction Crew. So yeah, I'm I'm sure they ran a bunch of shows under the radar that will be lost in history in between. Yeah, exactly. So this one, this this presumably this this August 1991 was like the last real live event in terms of like guys that like you, you know you're still at Ivan Koloff, still at Ken Patera, Larry Stabisco was still champion, and then they came back like a year later and ran shows, but they were like and it was very clear they couldn't afford those guys anymore. And right. they were using local indie guys to fill it out. And, you know, and Greg, Greg Gagne, without question, working for free. Oh, God, yeah. You know, for his old man. And, and you know, so, yeah. I mean, that's what TNA is going to look like. Yeah. Be ready. Because, I mean, you know, if they hold on that long, that's the kind of shit you're going to see. You know, they're going to start running high schools and using local guys to fill out these cards with whoever the fuck is sticking it out with them. So, you know, that that's how bad it could get. And it's almost like you're saying, it, isn't it better just to fold the tent before it gets to that point? Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, that, I think that'd be the best comparison for a company that okay. just was stubbornly chugging along and refusing to give up until they absolutely had to. Well, actually, this is a good segue to uh, move over to Japan here a little bit. We are going to talk about the Tenru show here in a sec. Well, but... How about Nick Bockwinkle real quick before? Oh, yes. I guess I guess that's, a, that's also a good segue. We had two great segues there. We could go either way. We go with Bockwinkle or, uh, or 
what I was going to talk about. But no, let's let's talk a little bit about Bachwinkle, which again, uh, when I, whenever this happens, when when a wrestler dies of this era, uh, especially, we always tell you, hey, look, if you really wanted an in depth like recap of this career, I'm sure there are other podcasts out there, most likely done by the Place to Be Nation PWO guys that are going to blow us away and and be way better than we're going to be about this. But I thought we had to do our due diligence and at least talk about him a little bit. Did you have any strong thoughts, uh, Nick Bachwinkle? Yeah, I was a big fan of Nick Bachwinkle. I mean, I love everything I've watched of him. I've loved. How much Bachwinkle have you seen? I've seen really a lot of it has been promos. I don't know that I've seen like I've probably seen a handful of matches, but I can't say that I've seen like over 30 matches. You know what I mean? Like it's probably been about 10 matches, maybe stuff from DVDs, uh, the WWE's release. But that's about the extent of it is, you know, a lot of promos. I've seen a ton of his promos, but match wise, I haven't seen a ton. So I'll admit that that that's a little bit of a dark you, spot for the me. The thing about I mean, first of all, as far as this is one of those situations where you say, OK, Maybe he wasn't the first one to do it. And I mean, he, honestly, he, you know, he definitely was not the first one to do it, but he was clearly the best at, at like that, you know, that erudite character. You know what I mean? The, 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 the heel that was, you know, smart and, and, and who spoke well. Oh yeah. And he's synonymous with it. I, I tend to give credit when you, once you become synonymous with something, I kind of give you credit as being one of the, that's, one of the that's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, right. obviously people did that gimmick before him. Um, you know, but but you know he he did it the best. And, and when Chris Jericho stole it, people didn't say, "Oh, remember when X did it?" They said, "Remember when Mick Bachwinkle did it?" That's right. You know what I mean? That's like right. that's how you know. Yeah. And you know he was paired with Heenan a lot of that time, especially in the '80s. And it was like you wouldn't think that he would need Heenan, right? Because who's a better talker than Bachwinkle? You know. But it works. It works great having those two guys together. Um, you know, it, it, you know that might be my favorite pairing with Heenan was watching him with Bachwinkle, you know, because they were like the two smartest guys in the room, but they were heels and that was okay. Whereas later on when Heenan went to WWF and it didn't start off that way, but eventually Bobby, the brain Heenan became like an ironic thing because in, you know, he was at the end of the day, he was an idiot. Like his, right, yeah. his plans always backfired and he was, you know, he always said you know, things that turned out to be wrong. But when he first came to WWE or WWF, he was kind of still doing that AWA act of his, which was, you know, and, and you could actually see that evolve if you go back and watch the primetime wrestlings where he's going toe to toe with Monsoon and then he slowly evolves the character to where Monsoon just eats him up. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's right. the goofy Bobby, not goofy, but he's a bumbling, kind of a bumbling yes, idiot. The bumbling but, 